Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm gonna make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you wanna get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group, no purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. See terms and conditions, 18 plus. Talk Recorded live. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to... Episode 49 of the Exceptional Scribble Show. Today is Tuesday, Tuesday night, 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on March 17th, year 2015. And of course, throughout the month of March, we will be acknowledging National Women's Herstory Month. Yes. I said it, her story. We have become so accustomed to using the terminology his story when we're referring to times past and uh, things that happened and occurred in yesteryear. However, because this is national women's, Recognition Month, we are going to acknowledge her story because she has a unique story which is separate and apart from his story. We're going to start tonight with a moment of silence. We're going to take a moment of silence at this time. And during this moment of silence, I will be uh, playing some music in the background, and it's for us to keep in our hearts and in our minds the legacy of the sheroes and heroines of yesterday and of today and those who we will come to know tomorrow whom have and shall impact the world globally by their great seats. So we want to take out some time and acknowledge them and do so with a moment of silence.
Yes, indeed. We are celebrating Women's <laughs> National Herstory Month. And this is Fran, the sage poet. I'm the host of the Exceptional Scribble Show. And I am honored tonight to have alongside with me the feature artist and the uh, special guest. Yes, she is a special guest on the panel of the Exceptional Scribble Show. And her name is Dr. Sharonda Orridge. And I'm just going to give a brief bio about her. And for tonight, we are highlighting Dr. Sharonda Orridge as the woman in the spotlight. Yes. Celebrating Women's National History Month. Dr. Sharonda Orridge is the owner and the operator of Loving Spirit Life Coach Academy, Loving Spirit Radio and Publishing, and Worldwide Coaching Connection, a professional membership organization for life 
coaches. As a holistic life coach, she specializes in coaching clients with multiple barriers. Dr. Sharonda uses writing and performing as tools to help clients gather their thoughts and express their feelings in healthy and productive ways. Dr. Sharonda is a metaphysical practitioner and spiritual ordained minister, one that performs naming ceremonies, rites of passage, and she is the founder of the Holistic Healing Movement. I'm going to share some more information before I turn over the mic into the hands of Dr. Sharonda. Dr. Sharonda holds two bachelor's degrees, one in metaphysical theology and the other in metaphysical science, a master's degree in metaphysical science and a Ph.D. in holistic life coaching from the University of Sedona. And she is currently working on her second Ph.D. in holistic life counseling. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, without any further ado, help me to welcome to the panel of the Exceptional Scribble Show tonight our feature artist in the spotlight, Dr. Sharonda Orridge. Welcome to the Exceptional Scribble Show, Dr. Sharonda. Thank you so much. It's a pleasure to be here. Yes, yes, and we're excited. We've been eager. I was going to use the word anxious, but no, I, <laughs> I, 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 I prefer to say we've been eager because we've been eager. We've been putting the word out there, and we've been getting a lot of inbox messages. People are just really excited that you're going to be here with us and that you're here on the panel tonight. So I do want you to know we've got someone that called in from Chicago, Illinois. I do want to send my love out to Chi-Town and all of our fans and supporters in Chicago. They are really showing up, and they've been a strong support for the Exceptional Scribble Show from day one. I also want to give a big shout-out to the state of North Carolina and also to the state of South Carolina and also to Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. That is my hometown and and where I am located. A big shout-out to Texas. We are always supported by Texas. One of the co-hosts of the Exceptional Scribble Show, Queen Nikki Ferdow Spirit, is from Texas, and she is definitely always sending the word out in her community, and we get a lot of supporters from there. So we just want all of the supporters all around the country because we know that you are out there from California. Yes, big wave to California supporters and fans. We want you to know that we appreciate the love and help us this month because we want to celebrate our women. We have a lot of just um, very successful and formidable women that aren't highlighted as they ought to be. And we want them to be celebrated and to know that they are 
greatly appreciated this month. So, Dr. Sharonda, we want you to know we appreciate. Um, it was an honor to read the information, all the information, what I knew already but what I didn't know of uh, the many accomplishments you have achieved. And with that said, I'd like for you to share with everyone um, what would you say is your greatest inspiration, Dr. Sharonda? My greatest inspiration is people. Mm. You know, just making sure, just wanting, you know, to for people to do better, be better, and for me to leave that legacy. You know, in the um, Native American community, they think of seven generations out. Mm. And it used to be like that in our community, but it's not anymore. I don't even think we think of the next generation. Mm. So just being able to um, put those footprints out um, for the next seven generations and maybe even beyond is um, something that I strive to do. And so that is my, my inspiration right there, you know, just being, you know, understanding and tolerable um, towards people even when, you know, people think they don't deserve it. I think that, you know, we need to look within ourselves and, you know, and and help them out a little more. I'm not saying be, be anybody's fool, and I'm not even saying that, you know, you have to be all in, but everybody deserves the benefit of the doubt. It's, it's up to you of how much you want to, energy you want to put into it, but I don't think anybody should be written off. Mm. Well stated. And, yes, you have given us much to consider. I'm sure many um, out there listening may not have been aware of what the Native American custom is as for Mm -hmm. thinking ahead, um, planning ahead, and doing so over the span of a seven-generation time period. I think that that's something that needs to be said more. I don't think Mm -hmm. that we're hearing it enough in our community. (coughs) Excuse me. And I want to commend you on sharing that tonight. It's um, vital information. (coughs) Excuse me. Um, Had a little tickle there in my throat. I totally but, uh, understand. It's that weather. Yes. <laughs> it's that fool me baby weather out there. Yes, I think indeed. it's nice. <laughs> <laughs> yes. And um, another thing um, that I would like to ask you is the following, because being a life coach, I think that that's such a distinguished role and responsibility. Um. When did you know that that was something for you to do or what maybe triggered your interest in becoming a life coach? When I read the description, I've been a life coach all my life. When I read the description, (laughs) (laughs) I was like, I'll do this, you know. And um, it was during a time where um, I've I've been an entrepreneur. I've been working for myself since um, 1999. Mm. And um, I, I had a, a daycare called a Mother's Touch daycare, and and I also did some um, some contracting with um, 
the Cultural Wellness Center, and I was the, called the Community Systems Navigator. And a Community Systems Navigator, we were um, we had a contract with Workforce Solutions to get black people um, <clears throat> to get more work credit. So we would have to like um, go to go with them if they had court, or you know, go with them if they was in trouble with child protection, or you know, take them grocery shopping, different things like that. And one of the one of my philosophies is I'm I'm a big philosopher of <clears throat> showing people how to take care of themselves, not taking care of people, you know. And so, <clears throat> you know, and that's where like the difference lies in what I was doing because, you know, I would show people we had cooking classes, we had um, job search classes. And um, it was more of, you know, and they didn't like the, the information sometimes that I would give them because I would tell them, because, you know, people say, I just want anything. I just want to work. I want anything. And I would tell them, no, you don't want anything. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> that does not work. If you just take anything, then you're just going to do anything, and it's not going to work. You're not going to be happy. Your household's not going to be happy, and you're not going to stay there long because you're just taking anything. You have to figure mm-hmm. out what it is you want to do, and you have to put your best foot forward and do it, you know. And we have to stop living out, out of desperation. So mm-hmm. that's always been my philosophy. And so when I think that, that you know, life coaches is not prescriptive, is something that helps people, it, you help them empower themselves. So you just ask questions to get the answers out of them that they want, not what I want to see. So mm-hmm. what if I don't agree with it? That's your goal, then it's my job to help you get to your goal. So, And I've always had that philosophy. So when I saw that, I was like, wow, that is really interesting. Now, one thing I didn't agree with with the field of life coaching is that they don't deal with the past. They just deal with the present and the future. So mm-hmm. that's when I decided to go to school. I looked online and I decided to, to get a, a – um, three. I went to the three-degree program and I decided to get a degree in life coaching because I want to do more than just deal with the present and the future. You have to deal with the, the past to get to the present, to the future, because it could be something in your past triggering you and you would never get to your future. That's the truth. Yeah. So, oh my. so yes, you know, I just took it to the, the next mm. level. And, you know, it's a lot of times we so we always falling with, What's you know what's the trend and stuff like that and and we have wonderful ideas but a lot of times we be you know we hesitate to share our ideas or either hesitate to even act on you know be, so what why can't I make up why do you know somebody else have to be the expert I'm the expert in a lot of things too so how would I put myself out there so I made sure I got the credentials to be able to act on it you know because people can just call themselves life coaches. You know, they don't even necessarily have to be certified. And so I wanted to go beyond that because I've I've trained people to be certified, but then I want some credibility behind my name, so I went further in my education. Mm. I hear that. That's good advice. I'm hoping that our listening audience, they are taking notes tonight because we're getting a wealth of knowledge here on this show and from our feature artist, uh, Dr. Sharonda Orridge. Um, Also, one more thing, Dr. Sharonda, is there a specific book that you would like to recommend? Is there any suggested reading 
maybe that you'd like to uh, give the title name of to the listening audience tonight? Because I'm sure that we have a lot of readers on this show. We're constantly promoting literacy, and I am most certain that there's someone out there that would like to know a good book to read that would help motivate them. Maybe they haven't yet taken that initiative to do as you have done. I mean, you've already achieved a doctorate, and now you're in for your second. Um, What book uh, would you like to share with our listeners um, is one that you find is a self-motivational to a good self-help book to encourage their efforts? Okay, so... um I'm going to plug my, besides so intentional, words of wisdom from a poet's point of view, which is written by me. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. That's right. <laughs> I'm going I'm to throw that out there first. But, no, that that is a really good book because it, it's, it's, it's not just spoken word poetry, but it gives advice. Um, why you know, why it's good to write, um, signs mm-hmm. of abuse, different things like that. And then it has the poetry in different categories, as well as you get to do life work in the back. So you get to you get a chance to to do a lifeline, write a forgiveness letter. You know, mm-hmm. it's a prayer of of understanding and guidance in there and stuff like that. It's even I have a um, a poem called Black Bean Salad. It's even a recipe in there. So I mean, it's just it has a lot of different things in there. It talks about um, it talks about um, child abuse, you know, molestation. It talks about um, loving and knowing yourself. It talks about consciousness, the things that's going on in the world. It, it talks about a, a, a lot of things, and and it has personalized poems too. So it has. Mm-hmm. I wrote a special poem for my grandmother on her 80th birthday. A special poem for my great um, my great uncle on his 90th birthday, and then um, my daughter turned 18. I wrote a poem for her, rites of passage. So it has that in there as well. Wonderful, wonderful. I'm glad I asked that question, and thank you as well for uh, pulling the plug about your book because <laughs> I definitely want our listening audience to buy it. It's a um, highly recommended uh, book, and I recommend it highly, uh, listening audience. This is one that you need and must add to your in-home library. So, Dr. Sharonda, can you share that online uh, link with our listening audience on uh, available to them via the Internet where they can go online and order the book, please? Yes, um, www.dr.com. S H E R O N D A O R R I D G E dot com. That's www dot d r s h e r o n d a o r r i d g e dot com. Wonderful. Or you can just Google Sharonda Orich, and information should come up as well. Yes, indeed. So, listening audience, please tonight. Tomorrow, whenever it's convenient for you, Google Dr. Sharonda Orridge, O-R-R-I-D-G-E, Orridge, please, dot com, because you don't want to not know all of her services that are available for you. Um, She does much in, in terms of all of the 
experience she has, along with the education that she's acquired, she does workshops, um, she does consulting work, and she is available um, to uh, counsel you or provide consultation. Remember, she has that title of being a life coach. So you definitely want to look her up online, and you are available on Facebook as well, correct, yes, Dr. Sharonda? Yes, I am, yes, yes. Under Sharonda Orch, um, I have I have three pages. So, yeah, you can just <laughs> hit up any one of them, and I will get to you. Excellent. Are you also on Twitter as well? Yes, I'm on Twitter. I'm um I'm trying to get better at like um you know putting out tweets and stuff like that, but mm-hmm. I'm just I am I'm real comfortable with Facebook. I haven't <laughs> okay. tried to do the like the Instagram and stuff. My daughter puts up the pictures cuz I but I'm I'm real familiar with the with with Facebook. I like posting things cuz I I think I um, you know, it's a bigger audience there, you know, where I can put out my little random thoughts and stuff and people, you know, a, a, a comment on them and we'll have a conversation. So I'm more um, Facebook friendly, but I'm I'm getting better. I'm working on all of it. Excellent. Excellent. I love that. And and that's all it all it is. You know, we get better. Um, we improve. You know, everything gets better with time. And right. as we apply practice, we improve and we perfect those skills that we already have. We just need to put them into practice. So thank you even for that. That's encouragement. I'm sure there's some listeners out there that aren't tech savvy, but they can navigate and maneuver. Um, You know, they're able to surf the Internet. (laughs) So, you know, it's, it's just a matter of time, and the more you you practice doing it, the better you get at doing it. So don't become discouraged, ladies and gentlemen. You heard it here from Dr. Sharonda. Um, you know, you don't have to know everything there is to know about the computer. Just apply yourself with the knowledge that you already have, and you can expand and build on that. And that's what we're all about. It's all about evolving and um, becoming a better you and better me. Exactly. Yeah. So um, with that said, we have some callers on the line. I want to go first to West North Carolina, <laughs> Charlotte, North Carolina. Correct. Correct. <laughs> How you doing? Oh, fine, fine. Thank you. And please give your name again for the listening audience. Oh, Sensei, Saitu Kenyatta, Grandmaster. Yes, yes. Welcome, Grandmaster Osente. Sietu, Kenyatta? Yes, Saitu. Saitu, Saitu, Kenyatta. Yeah, Oh, Sensei, it's fine. That, that's acceptable. Oh, Sensei, that's <laughs> okay. nice. What does that mean? The O means, oh, great one. Okay. You get black belt, and then you get higher than the black belt, you be a Kiyoshi, and then you be okay. a, a Hanshi, you be a Hanshi, which is the next highest grade, and then you get up to where I am over sixty years in mm, months. Wow. Then that's where that's wow. open. Oh, okay. That's wow. exceptional. That's exceptional. I wanna thank you as well. Let um, me say this Minnesota, before we go any further, a lot of times you hear songs and you say, Oh, I like that song and so and so sing that song or so and so play that song but to I'm every woman, 
that was written by Ashford and Simpson. Mm. So a lot of people. And Shaka think Khan that, originally sang it, right? Yeah, you think the Shaka Khan, but no, you know, you got to give it, like you say, you didn't just do to to yes. whoever it is. Yes. And mm-hmm. we want to ignore her. We want to. We want to ask, you know, ask for something. She got wrote it. And uh, okay. sorry, but hmm. that's her song. Okay. Mm-hmm. Thank you for sharing that. Sure. Let me that up. Yes, indeed. That's the, that's that's good information. I'm going to be honest. I didn't know that. So I'm talking that away and, and pocketing that knowledge and information. I'm going to pass that on <laughs> moving forward. And that's good to know. You know, we want to give credit to who credit is due. And, you know, a lot of times the writers aren't always accredited for their work. And so you did that tonight. Thank you. Thank you so much. And um, I'm sure that you have some significant relevant information to share with our listeners. Um, You come with experience in the martial sciences and martial arts, which not all of us have a background uh, knowledge in. And we are all ears. We are ready to receive what you have for us tonight. The mic is now in your hands. Thank you. It's quite a it's quite a bit martial arts or martial science. It's quite old. But if you keep going back, keep going back, keep going back, get back to the beginning, and no matter how deep you dig mm. or how high you go, you can always come to us. Mm. When I say us, I'm talking about black folks. But, mm. mm-hmm. You think that, oh, it's from China, it's from Japan. No. Africa. Mm. Mm. Africa's mother. Mm. Africa's mother. Mm. Anybody have any questions they want to ask me pertaining to the martial arts? Hmm. I don't know what that was. Anyone have any questions they want to ask me pertaining to the martial arts, martial science? Well, we have Dr. Um, Sharonda tonight. She's um, uh, in the spotlight. And she's discussing uh, one thing in particular that she brought to our attention was that she's a life coach, and she is currently in school for her second doctorate degree, and she also has a bachelor's, I believe, in metaphysical science. Um, Would you have maybe um, somehow tying that with what you do, uh, Master Osentu, maybe there's um, something that you may want to uh, posed to her in the form of a question or just as a remark or comment about what she does and how it relates to what you do? Well, let, let me put this here to you. The time, as we know, it is uh, relative. And before you know it, 20 years is up. But if, mm-hmm. you're in love, if you're in love with someone, 10 minutes is long. You study the martial arts, 50 years is just the beginning. Mm. Wow. wow. Oh my. Wow. So I'd like to do that. I'd like to leave a little wisdom on you, something that you want. Mm-hmm. Wow. Thank you. That's a lot that you want. Thank yeah, you. Yeah, that's yeah. <laughs> <laughs> wow. I don't that's, know if we yeah. are ready for that one. He got right. some heavy <laughs> yeah, especially in this microwave world. You know, we you know, right. right now or yesterday. We gotta let that marinade for a moment. Right. So yeah, that's real deep. Thank you for sharing that. Sure, wow. Yes, yeah. indeed. Um, also, I'd, I'd like for everyone, all the listening audience, to know we're going to have um, Master 
Osenta, um, on the panel of the Exceptional School Book Show. We're going to have him as a guest on. Um, it will probably fall sometime during the month in uh, July. And um, we are going to have him not just on one time for our listening audience. And I know many people have a lot of questions, even based on what you just dropped on us, that heavy knowledge. <laughs> um, but I want to thank you for um, calling in and sharing that with us. Um, and I'm going to ask Dr. Sharonda. Dr. Sharonda, are there any questions you may have for Master Osentu before we go to our next caller? And then we'll come back to him after we've gone through our caller queue. Um, so give me one principle of the martial arts that you apply to your life. Unity. Mm. Okay, thank you. Wow, and, all right. With that unity, when I say unity, I'm talking about physical, spiritual, mm-hmm. and that'll take you to the equilibrium because you know mm. everything is in three, the triangle. So you have that right. triangle. Okay. Mm. Mm. Thank mm. you. That's some You're good knowledge right there. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Oh, yes. Yes, that's where we need to be. That's where we need to get to if we're not already there. And that's where we need to stay in that in that realm. Thank you so much. Well, you're welcome. And we will come back to you. Okay. Okay. Welcome, Northeast, North Central Pennsylvania. Welcome to the Exceptional School Show. Welcome to the Exceptional Scribble Show. You're live on the air. Hello. Good evening. Please give your name. Introduce yourself to everyone. Uh, am I on right now? Yes, you are. <clears throat> my, my, name is, my name is Terry Pointer, and I want to address my uh, question to Osensei. Oh, okay. Um, this is what I need for you to do. I'm getting some back feed. Do you have uh, your volume up high? Um, on your computer, maybe? Let me let me cut my volume now on my bleach. Hold on a second. Okay. How about now? Is that better? Yes, that's much better. Thanks so much. Uh, okay, okay. Okay, and hold one moment. I'm uh, going to... Okay, here we are. Um, Master Osentu? Yes. Uh, welcome uh, back. There's a caller on the line that has a question for you. Okay. Okay. Sure. Uh, 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 Kanishua. Kanishua. Yeah, I wanted to ask you a couple of questions about your. Uh, first of all, I, I would like to ask you, at what point in your life uh, did you start this journey in the martial arts, and what was the turning point that made you decided that you want to become a martial artist? I started in 1954 when I was 10 years old. Hmm. Okay. Um, was it was it something like uh, because I, I know uh, in my incident uh, I was uh, attacked by some some men and they tried to actually kill me and that was actually my turning point when I decided that I wanted to study martial arts. Was it something that happened in your life that made you okay? This is what I want to do. I uh, was watching some performers from China doing a demonstration. And when they got through, I asked them a lot of questions. You know, 10 years old, you got a lot of questions to ask people. You pull a, <laughs> you pull a lot of questions. And that piqued my interest. 
And from there, okay. it's, you know, from there. Okay. Um, I also um, understand that you have different different uh, uh, disciplines of martial art. Uh, you have the Shuru, the Goju Ru, and, and Ishiru. Um, all of these are uh, Okinawan Japanese systems, correct? They're uh, o- Okinawan. <clears throat> They're Okinawan styles or schools of Okinawa. Anytime you have a Ru after something, that means school. Shorin Ru, Goju Ru. In Eastern Rule, that means the school on the island of Okinawa. Okay, and and that right there is basically uh, your your system is it have a, a a strong a strong background a Japanese background. Well, no Okinawa, not not Japanese. Okay, okay. Okinawa. Yes, the art started in Okinawa, and they introduced it to Japan. Okay. Okay. And I also um, um, you left you left a little something out there. You also I see that you was a PKA a PKA a judge and referee, and you also uh, held a um, a kickboxing record of nineteen and oh, and, uh, and and did you also study kung fu and judo? I see somebody been reading up on old sensei. <laughs> You're correct in in everything you said. PKA is Professional Karate Association, and I was the Ohio State kickboxing champion, and I won the title. And when I went professional, I retired undefeated. Nineteen and zero was my record. Okay. Okay, that's, that's very interesting. Um, and uh, your other interests, uh, you also you also a, a musician, isn't that correct? Yes, that, that's that's correct. You can tell that from the question I answered about Valerie Simpson. <laughs> she wrote, I Mary Woman. But, yes, I play okay. keyboard, I play the trumpet, I play the mm-hmm. bass guitar, and also sing. Okay. Wow. That is a multi-talented, multi-faceted artist. Exceptional. Yes. That's a live renaissance man. Yes, indeed. Well put. Yes, indeed. Thank you. Well, we want to thank you, caller, for your call. We're going to move ahead because we have some other callers. And thank you again, Master Osentu. Thank you. Okay. Okay, Dr. Sharonda? I'm here. Okay, thank you for being so gracious. I. You know, we try to cater to our callers on the show because oh, no problem. Uh, talks you, of course, they they weigh everything according to how often and how frequent you engage with your callers right. on your show and your platform. So I want to thank you for being courteous and generous and sharing. Um, uh, things happen. We're surprised. <laughs> well, you know However, what? Everybody's mm-hmm. a teacher. Everybody's a student. I have no problem with that. If you have <laughs> something, you know what I'm saying? It's not. A, it's not about me. It's about everybody learning. So I have no problem with that at all. Thank you so much. Yes. Yes, indeed. I agree with you. We have a caller from South Carolina on the line. South Carolina, welcome. Welcome, caller from South Carolina. You're on the call. Welcome to the Exceptional Scribble Show. Okay. (laughs) 
Well, I guess um, possibly they may have left their microphone or they may be engaged in another situation and can't speak at the time. So we'll come back to them. And for everyone who has called in on the caller queue, um, the way I will be able to detect that you have a question and your hand is raised is the following. After calling and joining the call, uh, you would need to press the pound key. I'm sorry, press the star key and then press number eight. Press the star key and then press number eight. And I will see your uh, call queue signal will light up on the call queue board, switchboard, and I will be able to uh, re-engage you in the conversation or engage you in the conversation if you're not already engaged. Okay, we have a caller from Southeast Pennsylvania. Welcome to the Exceptional Scribble Show. This is Fran, the Sage Poet, host of the show. Welcome. Well, thanks for the welcome, Fran, the Sage Poet. <laughs> yes, welcome. This must be King Kane Spade, the host of DSR. Am I correct? You are correct, indeed. <laughs> And I tell you, it's a pleasure to have you join us on tonight. We have Dr. Sharonda Orridge in the spotlight. And, of course, this uh, month we are celebrating Women's National Women's Herstory Month. So, um, And Dr. Sharonda was really special about this particular uh, shero and heroine is the following. Um, she is a life coach. And to me, I find that just so very interesting, and I think that it's a role and a responsibility within society and within our community at large that is so vital. And would you happen to have, maybe you may have some questions uh, for her about what it is specifically that she does. She does um, a lot as for using her many talents as an artist. She's a poet. She's a writer. Um, She is a performer performing artist as well, and uh, she's a playwright, she's, she's an actress, she does a lot in, uh, in the arts, so, um, and she's able to use all of her skill, all of her talent, all of her artistry to assist those that need help within the community. She is a community-centered community helper. Um, And there are but a few of those left in our world today. So is there any questions? Maybe there's a question you may have for her that you'd like to ask her. If so, the mic is now in your hand. If not a question, maybe you may have a comment or remark about something that was said by her. The mic is now in your hand. All right. Well, of course, I have a question. Uh, Dr. Sharonda, first is uh, nice meeting you and you too, congrats sir. On yes, I'm ready. Feature tonight. Pleasure to meet you too as well. All right. 
Yeah, now, I hear that you're a life coach. Yes. And uh, my question is, uh, as a life coach, I mean, what advice could you give to a person experienced like negative occurrences in their life uh, from individuals possibly to try to bring them down or taking the wrong paths in life, such as, I uh, say, criminal, uh, excuse me, criminal uh, backgrounds, you know, uh, stuff in that type of sense. Okay, so as, as a life coach, really um, it's not my job to, to give advice. It's my job to pull the information out of you. You're the expert of you. Nobody knows you better than you know yourself. It's me being a life coach, I'll have to ask those questions to get you to the point of you realizing that the wisdom is inside you and that you solve your own problems. But if we're talking like if if you're asking me something and and you, um you know I get I ask permission, can I take my life coach hat off and give you some you know some sister girl advice or something like that? That's different. But my job as a life coach is not to advise anyone. It's is to ask questions that's relevant to your situation and to pull those answers out of you and to help you set the goals. And I'm that accountability and that cheerleader. So, like, when you I, you have a work plan when you leave me and then we go that you come up with, and that's something I think you should do. It's something that you come up with, and then, you know, you just check back in with me to see, you know, did you get this done? Did you get that done? What are the obstacles? What was the success and stuff like that? And we go from there. Excellent. Okay. So, um, King Kane, is, is, would that be all of what you wanted to ask, Dr. Sharon, is there another question maybe or just a remark? Did he hang up on me? <laughs> <laughs> you know what? I think this is talk to you tonight. I think they're having some technical <laughs> issues here because I'm, it's showing that he's still on the call. Yeah, I'm here. Oh, yeah. okay. <laughs> Oh, okay. <laughs> I thought you ain't like what I said and just hung up on me, man. <laughs> oh no, no, sorry about that. I was I was talking and I muted myself. You know? Oh, okay, okay. <laughs> sorry about. That. Yeah, but uh, no, I was saying that was a good answer. You know, uh, I really appreciate. It. She took it to another level. You know, I was like, yeah, yeah, that's definitely something I wanted to hear. Mm. You know. And uh, that was great feedback from uh, Dr. Sharonda right there. Yeah, because you know what the 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 trouble is is that everybody is at the table for us except us. And you know what they say: if you're not at the table, you're on the menu. And Mm. so they always prescribing something for us, something that we should do. I work with men coming out of prison. I was a life coach at um, Better Futures Minnesota, and I was a life coach for almost four years working with men out of prison. And working with men out of prison, they're being told what to do every single minute of the day. And when you're in school, when you just life, period, you know what I'm saying, people always think that they're the experts of someone else. And nobody is the expert of anyone else. Even a doctor that's been to school for how many years they go don't Mm -hmm. know your body better than you do. 
They may know some symptoms. They may know some answers, but you know more because that's why they have to ask you the questions because you're the one who knows what's best for you. Exactly, exactly. And uh, to answer uh, Francine's question, I do have one more question. Mm -hmm. I'll just uh, pick uh, Dr. Sharonda's brain real quick. (laughs) So, uh, now I'm looking at your book right here. It says, uh, S.O. Intentional, Words of Wisdom from Poet's Point of View. Mm-hmm. Yeah, now, your book right here, I mean, uh, first of all, I mean, how long has this book been out there? Um, Since August, August was my official um, book signing, since the beginning of August, since August 1st. Okay, well, congrats to you on that. Mm-hmm. Thank you. You're welcome. And also, I mean, how can this book help people of today with their problems? Yeah, I I was saying earlier, because it has, in the back of it, it has work that you can do for yourself. So, like, at the beginning, I don't have chapters in my book. I have sessions. So all of these is like healing sessions. They have different um, topics. Each, Each session is a different topic. And then after the the sessions, then I walk you through, like, um, affirmations, why affirmations is important, and then I I have a space for you to to write your own affirmations. Then I have a life inventory. So um, you write, for instance, you would name three things that you value. Um, who are three people in your life that support you? Who are three people, you know, that don't support you? So you can check your life and look at the inventory of your life and to see what you need to keep and what you need to give, um, you know, put away. Um, another mm. thing that I have is a lifeline. So you you can tell, like, you, you get a chance for the years, whatever year you were, whatever sticks out in your mind at that, at that particular time, what helped mold you to the person you were, then you put that, you know, on the, the the appropriate line and stuff. And then after that, it, it allows you to tell your life story. So then you, you, you have a page to, to tell your life story. You also have a page to just get things off your mind. So it's a, a free write page on there as well. So it's different. Um, it's a forgiveness letter. So anybody that you're mad at or even if you're mad at yourself, it just takes you through walking through just writing everything that's on your mind you know, in that letter, no sugarcoating, no chase or none of that, you know, and then if you want to, you know, throw it away, you can throw it away. If you don't, then you can edit it and send it to the person that you feel like that, you know, that you want to um, write to, or you can, you know, or you can just have it for yourself. So it's just different exercises like that in the back um, for you to, to be able to do and, and, and tell your story and, and to have some healing for your own self. Wow. Wow. That was a really detailed description. I definitely enjoyed that. And uh, the perspective, what I got from you, uh, the way you was talking about your book, is like you were becoming, you were letting the reader become their own personal psychiatrist in a way. Yes, yes. That's what I got from it. It's your personal life coach. So that's, that's what life coaching does. So I didn't want, like, 
poetry and spoken word is my art. But and and I'm gonna be honest because I grew up um, in Chicago, and you know I've always had you know I would say um, the good Lord watching over me at, at the same time of me making my decisions in life. You know a lot of them was was good decisions. Some decisions that I made wasn't so good, but at the same time, the reason what allowed me to make good decisions most of my life is because I knew I had a purpose. You know what I'm saying? I didn't exactly know how to name the purpose when I first, you know, was young and and stuff like that, but I knew I had a purpose. A lot of us don't know that we have a purpose, and a lot of us don't realize what our purpose is, so we walk around by trial and error, and we waste a lot of time. Now, people with purpose, you know, they may make some decisions that's not so good, but people that know their purpose, they're not going to waste a lot of time making bad decisions. So this book just, you know, lets you review your life, you know what I'm saying, And, 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 and letting you know that it's never too late, but it lets you review your life and let you know, Okay, are these some things that are you on task for some the things that you want to do? That lifeline is really a helpful tool. It, it you know it asks you you know negative things that happen in your life and positive things that happen in your life. And then you know as you just writing them, if you see you got more negative things, you know you got more work to do. Exactly, exactly. I mean. Dr. Sharada, you are deep. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you. Mm. You're welcome. That's a compliment. Now, uh, Kane, before you leave, can you share information with our listening audience about yourself and your show, and also because you are a published author and poet, about your book? The mic is now in your hands. All right. First, I am the CEO of the DSR Fire 871.3 Network, which can be found on Facebook. Connect with us to know our next show broadcasting. I usually make a post on there to let people know about the information of our shows. And uh, as far as the publication of my book, it is published on Amazon.com, which is where it can be purchased under the name, the title is Awaken the Poet. My name is Kane Spade. Connect with me on Facebook if I choose to add you and uh, look for our future uh, connections, businesses, and uh, entertainment companies to uh, network with me. Excellent. Well, well delivered, well delivered. And, Kane, there was a, I noticed a statement made. You said, connect with me on Facebook if I choose to have you. Would you like to <laughs> explain what you meant by that? Comment. <laughs> what I mean by that is, I mean, I mean, my business is, you know, uh, don't just add me to think uh, we're going to be friends. This is real business uh, connections. Business. Okay. These real networking, you know, uh, not we're not here to play uh, patty cake and all that. <laughs> so. I love it. Thanks so much, Kane. Nobody says it or does it quite like you. And would you happen to have a poem that you'd like to spit and share with Dr. Sharonda? I'm sure she'd like to be serenaded by another poet tonight. She's always <laughs> spreading her love and, and, and passion for poetry. 
Indeed, indeed. Yes, Dr. Sharon just intrigued me. And the uh, the whole time I was holding my book in my hand right here. Mm. And, uh, yeah, yeah, I do have a piece because I was looking during the time she was talking. I was like, damn, I got matched. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, the title of my piece I have is called Psychological. Mm. Starts like this. Let me meditate. I close my eyes as reality fades. Thoughts flowing as the structure of my mind now visible to my mental state. Changing blocks around within. The leading was holding me back. Pushing what I need to succeed in the front. Let the chaos remain locked up. Handcuffs, straight jackets will never be me. Padded walls and metal bars equal a cage. Many say that outcome is labeled, branded to a certain color of skin. That mentality I refuse to accept. Knowing deep down you are who you are, you make yourself become a reject. Peace. Mm. All right. Psychological. Awesome piece, Kane. Uh, snaps. <laughs> I want you to know we love your artistry. Keep on doing it just the way you're doing it. It's effective. It's effective. You have your own yes. style. Dr. Sharonda, what would you like to share? The mic is now in your hands. Can oh, yeah. you to that piece? See, when things like that, yeah, that's really, and, you know, the the highest compliment is this. When someone shares something with me it, and um, it gets me in the mood to want to share, I think that's, like, the best <laughs> compliment. Yes. Like, uh, you know, i got to show him that, you know, because, you know, that was, that was, that was nice. So I'm on, on the show. I'm going to talk a little bit about me. I, this piece is called I Am. Yes, indeed. Mike is in I am an African queen. I don't need a crown. I am strong and confident. You can't tear me down. I walk upright because I'm full of pride. And I got my people's back, so I'm down to ride. To the ends of the earth and to my people are free. I know my purpose in life. I am meant to be. I am the best the creator has to offer, a true Nubian queen. I am strong when I stand alone. I'm even greater with my king. I'm the one who moves mountains and takes flight like a bird. I communicate in such a way I don't have to say a word. I'm a mathematical equation in its highest form. I am cool in the summertime. In the winter, I keep you warm because I'm the true definition of divinity. We'll walk the earth for an affinity. I'm adored by my friends. I'm respected by my enemies. I love everyone I come in contact with. You see, I've never met a stranger. The ancestors dance around me, so I'm never in any danger. I am the light at the end of the tunnel. I am the great black hope. I take you beyond the stratosphere, make you higher than any dope. I am worth more than diamonds or pure bar of gold. I am beauty inside and out to the very core of my soul. I'm unique in my own way, and in my own way, I'm like everyone else. I love to be in the crowd, but I love to be by myself. It is a pleasure to know me. I am a joy to be around, but don't. Ever piss me off because I had to hunt you down. I'm a blessing to those who know me, and those who know me are a blessing to me. I am committed in everything I do. I am the best that I can be. I'm a great daughter, a great wife, a great sister, a great mother, a great friend, a great cook, a great poet, a great lover. This is what mm. I know to be true. If you disagree, I don't give a oop. <laughs> See, I am the one who defines me, so I'll tell you who I am. And that's part of, mm. And mm. part of my book. That Nothing. is one of the original tra- I have um a soundtrack to that book too. And you get a download card of 11 or- original spoken word poems and that's one of them on there. 
Wow. Excellent. So that comes with the book as well, with original music. Decent. I mean, your poetry is definitely on point, Dr. Sharonda, and uh, I'm glad to meet uh, somebody new here. I like uh, <laughs> new poets and new artists, you know, get connected. I definitely got to connect with you on uh, SoundCloud. I am friends with you on Facebook now, and it is good to know you. Okay, you too. Thank you. Awesome. Thanks so much, Kane, for calling in. Um, if you have time, feel free to sit back and recline. We'll come back to you during our next moment to do so. We've got to go to our next caller, and thanks so much for spitting that piece entitled Psychological. Yeah, thanks for having me. Shout out to Exceptional Scribble. Thank you. Shout out to DSR. Thanks. <laughs> Okay, I want to now go to our next caller. It looks like we have a caller in queue from Delaware. Welcome to the Exceptional Scribble Show panel tonight. Caller from Delaware. How you doing? Hi, doing fine. Please uh, introduce yourself, give your name, and if you're an artist, uh, share the form of artistry that you create. Thank you. Okay. <clears throat> My name is Khalil Shaw, generally called Master Khalil Shaw. I'm a martial artist of over 30 years. And oh, okay. um, um, I came on the show originally to, uh, uh, when I was gathering, I thought it was a martial arts-based program, so I'm, I wasn't sure what was going on <laughs> when I typed in. But um, um, but you can ask me any kind of question you want. I mean, I can speak on any pretty much any topic you, you might you know conjure. Oh, okay. Well, I want you to know something because you called in uh, during the hour, the first hour of the show, we always have a feature artist. And for tonight, uh, we are celebrating, of course, for the month of March, uh, National Women's Herstory Month. And we have with us in the spotlight feature artist, Dr. Sharonda Orridge. She um, does specialize in uh, life coach instruction. And okay. uh, she is one who does um, workshops. She also does consultations. She has a lot of hats that she wears, and she is an artist and a poet. I don't know if you heard uh, her spitting her piece entitled I Am. But, yes. Um, yes, that was her. Now, would you happen to have a question for her in reference to what she does as an artist and or what she does in – uh, regards to her contributions to the community as a life coach. If so, the mic is now in your hands. Feel free to ask your questions, or if you have a comment, feel free to give your remarks at this time. Yeah, I really like her piece. I just wanted to find out if there's a website I could go to purchase her mm. material. Yes, it's um, www.drsheronda. O R R I D G E dot com. Thank you. Mm. Thank you. And also, uh, feel free to send Dr. Sharonda Orridge a request if you're on Facebook. Facebook, and, yes. Mm-hmm. Definitely, I'll definitely do that. Now, could you Thank give you. your name again, sir? Uh, my name is Master Khalil Shaw. Okay. Are you? In any ways acquainted with uh, uh, Master Osensu? 
Yes, I'm a part of the organization. Oh, I'm one of the newest masters that became part of the organization. Okay, because she, he is on the line. Let me open up the mic for him to yes. uh, have dialogue with you at this time. And thank you so much for calling in. Yes, ma'am. Thank you. We have a, a delay tonight. I'm not sure why, but from time to time with TalkShoe, the server itself has technical difficulties, so I want to thank everyone for bearing with me tonight and bearing with uh, the show's panel as a whole um, as we try to work through this. Um, uh, it appears to be a delay that we are encountering as for uh, the calls connecting tonight. Okay, um, welcome back, Master Osinto. Good evening. I want to say one thing for uh, Dr. Sharona. Uh, your, I like your, your the way uh, your program or how you uh, do the initiative on 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 speaking with with whomever you're working with. You know, oh, your, okay. narrative, your narrative. I mean, the way you you do it is it, beautiful. It's beautiful. Thank you. Thank you. It's not, you know, it's not about me. It's all about you. And you, right. step up and you let them go ahead. And, and, and beautiful, my sister. I want you to know that before. Thank you so you. much. Thank you. Well yes. appreciated. Thank you. I agree. I agree with Master Osinto. Uh That is beautiful. That it, it, is wrong, it's, baby. It's, it's Grandmaster, not Master. You're oh, Grandmaster. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> Grandmaster. <laughs> I apologize. I'm going to get it right. I'm going to get it right before this show is over tonight. I'm going to have it all together. <laughs> we have a caller that's a- affiliated with you, Grandmaster yeah. Osentu. Um, He's calling from Delaware. Caller from Delaware, please. Uh, join the call at this time. Yes. Yes. Master Kilo Shaw. Yes. How are you doing? Doing very well, my for you. Just fine, thank you. Doing well. Um, Anything you want to lay on me? Uh, yeah, actually, I have so many questions. <laughs> <laughs> let's start. Listen, let's start with a little. Let's start with a little bit of advertising. We we got yeah. uh, a seminar coming up on April the what's that twenty fifth? Oh, okay, April twenty fifth in Richmond, Virginia. We want everyone out there to know it's a free yes. seminar in Richmond, Virginia, mm. and yes. everyone is invited. Remind us. Oh, so seafood Jelani Bay is also here. Oh, so. Us. Us. And this is April 25th, Richmond, Virginia. Yes. A seminar on weapons. Mm. Master Al Israel is the one who we facilitating. Oh, okay. That's, that will be my uh, biological brother. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Awesome. <laughs> I know he mentioned to me he had an event. He he's always on the go doing something, and um, and, and of course in the vein of uh, the martial arts and sciences. So um, this is good to hear. I'm I'm happy to know that. 
Um, and happy to know that you all are a part of this event. Um, we're going to try and promote this on our fan page for uh, the Exceptional Scribble Show. And uh, even on the events page tonight, we'll make sure this information is there. So I have April 25th, Richmond, Virginia. And the name, again, of the event? Gathering of the Masters. Go ahead and tell the Master. <laughs> Go ahead, Master. Tell them. Tell them. It's Gathering of the Masters of the 15. And that's the Gathering of the Masters, correct? Yes, ma'am. Yeah. And what else? I'm sorry, I, I didn't hear that in it, part. It was Gathering of the Masters, 2015. 2015. Okay. Awesome. And is there an online site or maybe a phone number where for reservations, or how uh, shall we go about informing people of how they need to uh, get reserved seating to attend this event? There's accommodations at uh, Holiday Inn Express. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, also there's a flyer posted, Master I Israel's page. Okay. Um, and and it can be shared from that page. Okay. Thank you. Thanks so much. You're welcome. Mm-hmm. And I, I got to shout out one more time for for Dr. Sharonda, as a life code instruction. I, I, I really that really moved me how you dealt with your client. That really I really mm-hmm. you know put that out there. That uh, it is beautiful, beautiful what you're Thank doing. Thank you. <clears throat> doing. Because these are guys that like, they really have nobody to turn to. These are guys are just getting out. Mm-hmm. They don't have nobody for their for their back covering their back. And they can come to right. you and you show them the way. Right. May I make a comment? Yes. Yeah, what well, I, well, I think so important about her work is that we as martial artists, we we have dedicated ourselves to helping people of all walks of life and all ages. And mm-hmm. to know that she is doing that more and more of a clinical side where mm-hmm. it comes going. And... Um, it's it's a beautiful thing to see in this point in day and time where we're really working hard to try to help our people emotionally, psychologically, intellectually grow and spiritually grow because that's one of the things we haven't tried. We tried everything else, but now we have to come up with some holistic programs like hers and, and like and like we do in the martial arts where we can actually heal people's minds, hearts, and spirit um, holistically, and that's the future for our people. Outstanding. Thank you for sharing that. Mm-hmm. That's what we need to hear. We need to be aware, more aware. And that's what we use the platform of this show to do, to heighten the awareness of yes. our community. It's giving up herself. If people don't really realize and understand the magnitude of what she's doing. Mm-hmm. I agree with you. Well, Dr. Sharonda, you're getting your just due tonight. I hear it. Thank you so much. <laughs> you know, it's long overdue, but, hey, it's, it's better late than never, right? Hey, right. I, you know, you're I getting get it, it from every I angle. It, I love right? it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, that's always been something very important to me 
and we're talking about uh, National Women's History Month. Um, mm-hmm. I've had some powerful, powerful women in my life that kind of directed me. They didn't necessarily say this is the way to go, but the way I was guided is it, it just walked me right into my purpose because I've have witnessed, you know, throughout just through history, you know, everybody telling us what we need to do, how we need to do it, and that haven't worked for us. Right. So, you know, just getting the advice and, you know, being able to have the skill to ask the questions to find out what the person wants, you yes. know. And because, you know, some people, you know, we on automatic a lot of times. You know how um, something may fall, you automatically catch it before you even know. You know, that's a lot how our mind works. So, you know, when people come, you know, you say, what you want, what you want to do in life? You know, a person may say, I want to be a doctor. Okay, you want to be a doctor. Um, so what school are you going to? You know, have you researched the school? Because, you know, you can say an answer that sounds yeah. good, but have you did the work behind it? You know, yeah. so right. those are the things that, that we talk about. And then we never talk about the mind, the body, and the soul as a whole, you know, it's either we're going to the doctor, but what about our mind? You know what I'm saying? What about our spirituality? Or we going to church, but what about our body? If we're not feeling well, you know, different things like that. Not, they treat it as separate, but it's all together. So how can we treat it as one and heal, truly heal from the trauma that we done had as a people and to move forward? That's true. Holistic. That's right. Everything. Head to toe. It's a holistic yes. Yeah, and this is what they don't do. They give you peace work, peace here, peace there, and this is for that, this is that. But we want you to keep coming back. They don't right. want to hear you. And, and like someone said on here, the doctors and or they have a, a license to practice. They don't know, so they keep practicing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> well stated. Grandmaster <laughs> <laughs> Ostentis, correct. Know. Well stated. And you don't you don't know where they're in the top of the class or the, or the bottom of the class. You you don't know you know what what their diploma is giving. You know they all just the same one. You don't know who you have. You, right. you don't know just where he's at in or uh, she's at in in their, their class. That's that's yeah that's that's totally true that's totally true, and I know um, I had been going to the doctor for uh, years like not knowing what was wrong with me and they're trying to convince me that it was something psychological and everything. Always, and your head. Um, pain is real. Pain is <laughs> right, real. You right, know, it's all, it's all in your mind. No, it's not in your mind. Pain is real. Right. Exactly. I'm sorry. Go ahead. But it took it took a woman to say, you know, let me take a blood test for this, and it winds up that my body um, thinks that I'm pregnant. So I have a high. Everybody has a prolactin um, hormone in their body. For women, um, that's normal. It's under 20. For men, that's normal. It's under 20. Now, when it's over um, 20, that's that's a pregnant woman. And so my prolactin level was 151. So my body thought I was pregnant because I was getting all of the pains, the symptoms, and gaining weight at an alarming rate. 
So it took somebody, it took a woman after all of these male doctors, it took a woman to say, well, let's check this, let's check that, let's check that. And then we found out what it was and we were able to start treating it. And even then, you know, the, the, um, the solution was a gastric bypass, not teaching me, you know, the other things that I need to do to, to maintain everything. And I'm like learning that on my own. But, you know, um, we always want a quick fix, you know, and that's why it was so refreshing for you to say, you know, even if you've been learning 50 years, you're just cracking it open because we we always want a quick fix, you know, and we have to learn to be patient. You know, we ain't get over this mess. We ain't get in this mess overnight, and we ain't going to get out of it overnight. Oh, my. Testify. (laughs) So real. That's real. That's real right, right there. <laughs> you know, we always want that microwave, that 30-second that deal. But you know what? It makes your stomach hurt afterwards. Mm. Take your time and get mm-hmm. you a good meal, and then you'll be nourished, you know? That's right. <laughs> what they always say is speed kills. So it's not always fast, because speed mm. will kill you. Speed right. will kill you. I'm going to lay down. I want to get out here too. too well, but, well uh, thank yeah. you. I tell you, this is a wealth of wisdom, a wealth of knowledge tonight. We're getting good and plenty resource information, ladies and gentlemen. Make sure that you have your pads and your pencils in hand and you're writing, scribing, taking this information down because you'll want to refer to it later. You will want to reflect on it later. I'm doing it right now. I'm typing. I'm Posting, I'm sharing on Twitter, sharing on on our various web pages, just getting this information out to the public because the general masses as a whole needs a heightened awareness about what we're talking about right now. Holistic health is essential, is vital. Yes. Without it, we're doomed. Exactly. And we're only treating the symptom. And we're never finding the cure. The cure, exactly. And that's definitely. Well, let, let me say this here about Diane Nash one more time. Well, she was there 50 years ago. So, mm. And she refused the march. When they had the big march there this past weekend in, in Alabama, she said, I'm not going to march because George Bush is there and, and his wife. Why would I march mm. with them? Because George Bush, all he did was start a true war. You know, got us in a whole bunch of mess. Him and his his people and his cabinet got us in a whole bunch of uh, big mess. And and Selma movement is all about nonviolence. So how can you have a war hawk fly with those? Hello. Mm. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes, indeed. So. And that, you know, not only that. Um. And and I I I agree with that part too. But my whole thing with the march is this. You know, we can't do something every 50 years. We have to be proactive all the time. You know what I'm Thank saying? You. We can't just be symbols, like symbolize, doing something in the name of symbolizing it yeah. or celebrating it when we ain't maintained it. We have yeah. to maintain it first, and right. then we celebrate it. You know, because so, I, I had a lot of friends. I'm going to Alabama. I'm like, I'm not doing that because right. I do stuff every day. You know what I'm saying? And yeah. that's what we need to do. We need to speak up and do something every day every because day. When, when when things like Trayvon Martin and Michael mm-hmm. Brown and stuff, for every Trayvon Martin and, and Michael Brown, there's 50 more that's not being named that's 
stuff is happening to. They being killed and stuff. But because they, you know, the press wasn't behind that, we don't know about that. But we need to be proactive. We need to be protesting and staying and marching every day, not just when something happens, because something right. happens every day. You know right. what I'm saying? Not just yeah. when it's called to our attention. We need to be doing something every day. You right. know, with, whether that be in our work, whether that be in our hobbies, whether that be in our play, we need to talk to our children, you know, because if we're not leading our children to a better place, then where's the future going to go? And, yeah. if, mm-hmm. you know, my daughter, she was in high school. She was in, um, she was 16, and they was teaching her about the Willie Lynch, and she she took it over and started teaching it. She told, okay. she told her teacher, she said, I've been knowing this stuff since I was five years old mm. because I taught it to her. Yes, you know indeed. what I'm saying? I taught, yeah. you know, because yeah. the thing of it is is that this academics – you know, it's more than just what they say is the the criteria of it. That's why I went the route I did with my education because all they doing in school is teaching you how to be oppressed. The things and the knowledge that they mm-hmm. teach you is not that's our right. knowledge. That's somebody else's knowledge. Yes, you know what I'm saying? And See, we're taking it, and we have to pay thing. thousands of dollars for it, and yes. for some that don't even work on mm-hmm. us. Right. Mm-hmm. Well, that's it. That's uh, well, you said she, uh, uh, she. When you say not that history, but she. She, how you, how you her, story, her, her story. story. Her, her story. Like her story, they telling their story. Every time right. they <laughs> their book, they telling their, you know, their they, story. They're the ones that, you know, it's not really about the little bit that they scratching on. It's just scratching the surface. That's just icing on the cake. Everybody know that once your finger go in it, the cake is all underneath there. That ain't nothing there. That was a golden nugget right there. Right. This is Brother Jelani Bay. Uh people in Master Jelani Bay. How you doing? Master is Al Israel. Uh, asked me to uh, interject um, mm. on the conversation. It's a beautiful conversation. Um, you know, one of the main things we ha- we must understand uh, as martial artists, uh, you know, as martial artists, martial art, meaning war or military art, uh, mm. one of the reasons why we as a people are victimized is that, you know, although the Selma March was, uh, it was, it was, it was not as, um, as um, passive as people may think, you know, mm-hmm. to to walk through somebody's territory, you know, whether they like it or not, that's not necessarily passive. It's passive yeah. aggressive. But mm. but what what happens is is that you know what people don't know about the Selma March is that they had the deacons, um, the deacons for freedom. I think that's what they were called. Um, but those deacons were mm-hmm. armed. And they made mm. it very, very well known that, you know, go ahead and try to hurt one of these people, and we're going to hurt you. Yeah. Mm. The Deacons of Defense was their title, the Deacons of Defense. And you notice that no other nationality is harassed or victimized. Well, this is because there's a love and a dedication for the people that we lost with desegregation. Yeah. We lost that with desegregation. Oh, See, yeah. Because with, with, okay. with segregation... We had to love and defend and take care of each other because oh, no one else would yeah. deal with us. Like you know what I mean? Like you so said, now, we had to. 
The Renaissance. You had to. New York. Mm-hmm. The Renaissance. We're talking New York yeah, doctors. Yeah, Harlem Renaissance. Lawyers, mm-hmm. Everybody had to live together because they couldn't live on the other side of the tracks. So they lived right in the neighborhood. And the black folks coming up, they could see the doctor. They could see him go to his office. They could see him. The, the, the tools he used, he bought. He bought those tools. That was apparent. But what did that do for the family? That made the family be raised with a pride and a dignity. And a self-awareness, you know, mm-hmm. even a cockiness about being who they were. The Black right. Renaissance of Harlem, you know, they didn't care about what was going on on, no. on the East Side, no, the Italian side, or the Chinese side. They didn't care about that. And to this day, 2015, you can go to Canal Street, and the Chinese don't care what's going on in Harlem. But Damn. the Chinese have their own way of life, their own oh, way yes. of doing things. And oh. see, we, as the so-called black people, misnomered really Moors, and I'm not going to get mm-hmm. too deep into that because we don't understand, you know, how deep the influence of Moors have been through, oh. you know, to, to the history of the people. We talked about holistic health, but it was the Moors who introduced herbs and, and, and mm. frankincense and myrrh, you know, and, dip, and, and, and especially with Europe, they introduced, mm. you know, public baths because those people, there's a book out called Dirt where, mm. you know, they talked about the, the nobility of Europe who didn't bathe. They would just put new clothes on over old clothes and put perfume yeah. on. Right. You know, they, their hygiene was terrible. Well, until, yeah, right. The, the hygiene it was still there. You can go back. You can go all the way back and know their hygiene. While we were living, while we were doing mathematician, while we were building, they were still living in caves and eating one another. Yes, that's exactly correct. Because if there were too many female children are born, they would doggone kill them and eat them. Us. They would mm, eat them. Exactly mm, correct. Mm, mm. And that's who came over here. Huh. You think the pilgrims come over here that they were they was good people? Excellent. They were the worst of the worst. They were the, the whores. They, they were the, the thieves. They were the robbers. That's mm-hmm. who was on the ship. That's who were on those ships. That's who came over here. Don't yeah. think that they came over here. And that's why they did the, the Native Americans the way they did. You know, nobody mm-hmm. was really going to do them like that. Mm-hmm. And so you really need to read that, the 1812, that war there. That's the war that you really don't, you really need to really get on, on to, to see why, you know, the slaves got with the with the British and helped. And why would the slaves get with the British when they're talking about, you know, revolution? Something ain't right there. Something's not right. And then you don't know why we did that. What did say? See, you know, to, to mention that, the revolution, you know, especially down here in South Carolina. You know, in South Carolina, there are 3,300 black slave owners. And as a matter of fact, their slaves were Irish, German, and Dutch. See, this is a history that's not known to many people. You see yeah. what I mean? So um, a lot of the women who were slave owners here in South Carolina, um, they were slave owners because their their husbands died in the Revolutionary Wars. So mm. what that means is that as free Moors, misnomered blacks, they mm-hmm. fought in the revolution. They fought for the independence of this country. They yeah. are the ones who develop the law and the constitution for this country. Because remember, those same vagabonds and um, uh, lawless people who came here from Europe, yeah. they, came from a mon- they came from a monarchy. So they knew nothing mm-hmm. about a republic. 
We that's taught worst, them law. The worst of the worst. Mm. Oh, so the it, this was actually supposed to be a penal colony, just like Australia was. See what I mean? But the Moors gave them their culture and their law. I was just reading an article where they talked about seven presidents before President Obama who was actually of color, of Moors. Moors, not just yeah. Not just not just Abraham Lincoln, well, but Thomas Washington. Jefferson. You know what I'm saying? Um, right. Eisenheimer. Yeah, I, I, uh, um, uh, what's his name? Eisenhower. Eisenhower. You know, all these, all these people were half breeds, mm. or they were just extremely light skinned brothers and sisters. Right. Yeah. That passed for that. You know, we had that in our history, where if you were lighter than, if you weren't lighter than a paper bag. Right. And you weren't in certain societies, you see what I mean? And that had nothing to do with the Europeans. See, we as a people, we really have to understand our true history because we yeah, were taught I agree. that those who are of, of those who are dark skinned were um slaves from Africa, you know, and, and, and just, you know, I detest the mm. I don't forget his name, who sit here and tell movie stars that they're twenty five percent uh, or excuse me, they're forty five percent um African from Benin and they were slaves. Like you can tell they were slaves from their DNA. Then mm. they say, Well, they're fifteen percent Indian when mm-hmm. you know the very <laughs> definition of American is the copper tone I'll repeat that. It's yeah. the copper tone inhabitants of this continent before the first Europeans set foot on this shore. Now last mm. time I checked, ladies and gentlemen, copper tone is brown. Mm-hmm. It's reddish brown, dark brown, or uh, you know, a, a, a mocha a, a mocha brown. Yeah. But it's brown. You see what I mean? So that means that the original people of this continent were of color. As a matter of fact, if you're O positive or O negative, seventy five excuse me, seventy nine percent, almost eighty mm-hmm. percent are born and raised here by blood on this continent. These facts need to be known to our children. Yeah. See, because that person respectfully mm-hmm. has no home on this planet. Because their origin is that of an albino. Mm. And as an albino, only a person of color, male, and person of color, female, can make an albino. Can make an albino, right? Mm-hmm. right. So okay. now, even when you talk about Europe, the Grimaldis are the first people of Europe, and they were extremely dark skinned people. When you look at that movie 13th Warrior, and they talk about the Vendôme, they're talking about the Grimaldis. That's why when you mm. saw them, they said, oh, they think they're bears. But their, the paint on their face was so dark, it, and their features, pug nose, pyramid in the middle of their faces, let you know that it was us who they were afraid of and called evil and, 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 and you know, was like monsters and carried on like that. You see what I mean? So yes. it's this mm-hmm. real-world history that mm-hmm. we must know. In yes, order to indeed. get our dignity and pride back as a people, because, you know, a lot of times we feel like because the pigment of our skin, it automatically makes us servants, you know. We don't yeah. understand that this particular system, as of 1933, made us slaves through the birth certificate. Mm-hmm. Wow. See, because your footprint right. that yes. they put on there was your signature. Everybody's footprint is different. Mm-hmm. But because you're not old enough 
to contract, your mom co-signed for it, just like she would co-sign for a car. Mm-hmm. So now, now that was supposed to last only seven years. After seven years, someone was supposed to come and claim you. But because you weren't claimed, the state has control of you. I don't have to. I don't have to doggone do anything to you. The only thing I have to do is know your name and address and say, you know what? I saw Sister So and So punch her baby in the mouth at Walmart. She lives yeah. at seventeen seventeen Markenburg yeah. Lane, yeah, yeah. and them folk is coming to get their property because mm. you've abandoned them. If, if yes. you know any type of disaster, I'm talking about natural disaster. I'm talking about Katrina, and every time, yes. They always take the baby in a hospital and run off. Yes. The Every mm, time, mm, baby. Mm. Run off also the- say, well, also to say, now, you, you mentioned Katrina. Wasn't it mm-hmm. neat that the Catholic Church was able to take them babies out of Haiti, out of Haiti and put them in the orphanages? Yeah. But you yeah. had European Christians that they stopped cold. Matter of fact, they locked them up. Islam, us, see what I mean? So now that lets you know. That now, check it out. And I'm sorry, I was talking about Haiti. But now, right. let me ask you a question. Notice that those people in the Katrina situation, when they blew up that levee, that dam, because that's what happened. They blew it up. All right. All right. Then what happened? They went from Louisianans to what? Refugees. That's because people of color are 14th Amendment citizens. 14th Mm. Amendment citizens are ward of the states or property of Washington, D.C. That's what happened in in 1865. What did man? They took those babies. And in Ethiopia, they took those babies. I'm talking about the Jews took those babies over to Israel. They took those mm-hmm. babies. Mm-hmm. Oh, they're taking the babies. They're taking our children. Every time disaster, they snatch up those babies because they don't have no birth certificate. They don't have names. They're running there. The first thing they do is snatch our babies. Mm. Snatch them out. But, but, but see, that's the thing, though. Also, also say the, the birth certificate is the slave card. That's the slave papers. Mm-hmm. Also, because remember, before 1933 and birth certificates were necessary, where do we record births, marriages, or deaths? Somebody got to know. Were they in the library? They had, no, ma'am. They were in the, the Bible. County, um, oh, okay, they, the Bible. Okay. They had a lot of mid- midwives that, uh, you know, birthed them. They didn't have them in hospitals because those babies weren't Ooh, born. Right. Yes. Oh, and it they had that birth in the Bible. Why the Bible? Because the Bible is a book of law. So now you could take that Bible to court and mm. validate your date of birth, and they could not deny it. Why? Because the First Amendment says not even Congress can make a law with respect to your religion or the practice and establishment thereof. So if you put that in a in a record of law, we don't understand religion is law. What we're uh, what, what we're subject to is dogma, and that's what we perceive religion to be. But every nation on the earth has a national religion because the laws of that nation are derived from that nation's religion or that nation's god. It's mm-hmm. us. 
See, so these things we have to understand as fundamental information to understand where the root of our slavery lies in 2015. Now, going back to the people, the young men who were murdered, now that we've gone over the birth certificate, the 14th Amendment, state wardship, well, in law, that makes those people who are under the 14th Amendment or, i.e., United States citizens, and by the way, the United States is Washington, D.C. Ten miles outside of Washington, D.C., you're in America. So they're not synonymous. So now what we're doing is is that now we can, we can get to the root of the problem of Trayvon Martin. Okay. See, because, and this is why we were so confused as to why these mm-hmm. people aren't getting indicted. It's because of our status as Negroes, as slaves. We're the best-kept slaves in the world. Because, mm-hmm. see, there's a law against doing bodily harm to another human being but not to property. Us? So if, if Trayvon Martin is a 14th Amendment citizen, he's not a flesh and blood being in law. He is property. He's an it. It's the equivalent of your pit bull snapping at you and you shooting it. And the next door neighbor, and I know this sounds harsh, but it's real because time and time again, our babies have been killed, murdered in cold blood, and no indictment. No indictment. Because the, the law says that the only time there's a crime is if there's an injured party, meaning an injured flesh and blood party, or a breach of contract, meaning you said something, you said you was going to do it and you didn't do it. Those are the only legitimate crimes. There's no such thing as a victimless crime. But what they did with the 13th Amendment after slavery, they said involuntary servitude is against the law unless you commit a crime. So then the the Christian Black Codes of 1724 may blow in your nose a crime. But but it's there. The only prison, legal prison system we got, Slave, not prison. Only slavery we got is a prisoner. A prisoner don't have any rights to slave. He's a slave. Absolutely. Absolutely. So now that's what they do. Oh, sensei, us. They make blowing your nose a crime. To do what? Put you in jail. Now you no longer have no laws. You no longer have no protection. Oh, no citizenship. No nothing. Right. No No nothing. No nothing. It's in the constitution. It's in the constitution. Us. You see what I mean? That's the 13th and 14th Amendment. Because what happens is, is that through the Christian black codes, now now please look up the the Christian black codes of 1724, because it answers so many questions. You know, it says in the Christian black codes that a, a slave can have no weapon in their hand, no wider than their hands, and they must have permission from their master to go hunting, or they must have a mark or a badge on them. Us? So now no. all of your police officers have what on their chest? Okay. A badge. A badge. Right. Us. They wear a badge. So that's what gives them permission to have a sidearm. Us? See, and that's a 300-year law. 
you know what I'm saying? For the better organization of Negroes and slaves. Mm. But, so the, 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 the actual blueprint is there. Our answers are there. We're just not aware of where to look at them at. I mean, let's take South Carolina, for example. The Negro Act, and it's very interesting because the Negro Act states that this act does not include gypsies, which is short for Egyptians, Moors. Moors. Oh, yeah, they're in there. Moors in there. And Indians in treaty with the state of South Carolina. So now it says that a Negro is an enslaved African. We have to make that Mm. distinction Mm. because that means that that's an African taken in servitude in Al-Kibulan and brought here to the United States of America. That's a Negro. Yeah. Us? So now a Moor is a free inhabitant. Might be the same complexion, but they are free inhabitants. And see, a lot of people think that we are trying to recruit people. When actuality, we're trying to make them aware of who they are because everyone in the world has a nationality. You know, even with the religion, we as, I'll say, politically African Americans, you know, who are really Moors, all right, and Hebrew and different other tribes, let's not leave them out, but when you say that you are a Christian, you are saying that you embrace the religion of your master. Now, stop, because a Moorish Christian from Spain, because that's where it started from when we lost Spain in 1492, were, were coined Moriscos. So now, if you are a Christian and a Moor, the proper title for you is Moriscos. Now, if you're a Muslim, then the proper title out of Spain is Mujeres. Now, if you are Hebrew, the proper title for you is Moabite. That's in Ruth, the Moabitess. See, so more is your nationality. It's not necessarily your religion. So the European will have you believe that all Moors are Muslims. This is not true because we were Moors before Muhammad came on the scene. You see what I mean? So now, in this country, I'll give you two examples. In the Commonwealth of Virginia, it states that the only people allowed to tarry in the Commonwealth of Virginia, this is 1788 now, are Moors and other colonists. In the Commonwealth of Massachusetts, in the same year, the same legislature was passed. So what is this about these Moors? The, The Moors were the founding fathers in the establishment of the religion. Moor and Indian are synonymous. Indian is a nickname that Columbus gave us because yeah, he was trying to get to India. You can go all the way back to, to the 14th and 15th, 14th and 15th dynasty, and you see where Moors invaded China. But, uh, what the, I, I, I would like to mention is... Uh, Feedback. Somebody got some feedback, Con. Uh-huh. Oh, I'm sorry. You still hear it, Osa? Say. 
but because you know you were talking about the Moors in 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 China, and you know when you look at China, those who we are martial artists on this line, you know a lot of the animal styles coming out of China allegedly are from animals that aren't indigenous to China. Us. So now, how did they get to China so that the Chinese could mimic these people? Us. That's true. They got there by our ancestors. You know, from mm-hmm. Al-Kibulan and northern Al-Kibulan into, into India and through India up into Asia. Mm-hmm. See, you know, the, I mean, they're, they're, they're not Bengal tigers in China, monkeys in China, elephants in China. But as Moors, we would bring, as a matter of fact, the first dynasty, the Yi, uh, 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 Emperor Yi, they say he was a pygmy, he was a twa. And the first mm. dynasty, the Song dynasty, was founded by Moors. As a matter of fact, the first five generations of Chinese were dark-skinned people. They call them Hakshen. And a lot of them were silk farmers. They lived in the Forbidden City. Mm-hmm. See, so when you go way deep in the south, and those people who were in the military who would go to the Philippines and Thailand and people like things are real close to China would understand that that's where you see kinfolk. You can go to a bar or walk the street and see somebody look just like somebody from your neighborhood because we're the same people. And this is what they were saying in Vietnam. Say, brother, you got your own war in your own country. And they weren't talking about Africa. They were talking about the Americas. Because when you look at the the so-called Native American or the American Indian, the older the picture, the darker the people get. Us? Us? Us. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The darker they uh. get. See, so that's our clue. Now, what made them light was the European invasion. Mm-hmm. Because even when you go to Mexico, mm-hmm. then the Oto, the Aztec, the Mayans, these are dark people with afros, kingly hair. Who exists today? Us? Police? Silly. You know, so we have to understand that we are a bigger family than what we think. Because That's the true. only thing, us, us, mother, because the only thing I have to say is, you know, you know, you know you're so, you know, you know, you know, Guess what? I just turned into a Dominican, a Paraguayan, uh, a Cuban, because I speak Spanish. And my skin is dark brown. Automatically, oh, he must be Cuban. Oh, he must be doggone, mm-hmm. you know, such and mm-hmm. such, such. I have witnessed people saying, yes. See what I mean? <laughs> so it's just us trying, it's just us breaking out of that cage, mm-hmm. warriors. And, and, and embracing our entire culture and understanding that at one time in history, this was a brown planet, respectfully. Mm, mm, there were no uh, pale or uh, unpigmented people on this planet. So it's not we come from Africa or we come from this. We come from the planet, us. 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 Okay. And, and, and this is how we have to, as warriors, as guardians of our people, see, because that's one thing a lot of, uh, going back to martial arts, you have a lot of martial artists who've become commercial, 
and and they are no longer that protector of the neighborhood. I, I wrote I did an mm. article on Facebook, and I says, you know what? I says if most of the doggone policemen would go back into the dojo and start learning martial arts again, we'd have less shootings. So them phones mm-hmm. are scary. Because when I was coming up, there was at least five or more mar- um, policemen in our school, in our dojo. And I've been a martial artist for 44 years, 43 years, excuse me. You know, so um, the martial artists in our neighborhoods were the superheroes and the icons of our neighborhoods. A lot of people on this phone were those superheroes and icons. And when something went wrong in the neighborhood, they went to Master So-and-so. And Master So-and-so and his dojo brothers would take care of that situation. We have to get back to that us because you can't go to Chinatown and smack nobody. You can't smack a woman in Chinatown. No. <laughs> Every doggone Chinaman would do the mariachi dance on you until you were in China. <laughs> For slapping one of their women. Mm. And see, this is why women, and, and this is to the mothers, mm. I respectfully understand why sometimes you turn your back on us because we lost our way as your protector. Mm. You have to survive. But until we understand that, that we must take our proper place as your protector, not just because we go into bed with you, but to see a foreign person get in your face on a bus at a bus stop yeah. and sit there and just all go and hold your cell phone up and take the cam- you know, take the, the video of it. I can't stand that on YouTube. Mm. I don't care who they are. You put your hand on my mother, who is also my sister. Something must happen to you. You must know that you're supposed to be nervous mm. when you step to my mother slash sister slash wife slash grandmother. Us. You should know you should be nervous. You should understand that you made a mistake when you chokeslam my grandmother and throw her to the ground. You should know your life is in danger at that particular moment because you won't do that in the Hispanic community. Oh, no. Oh, no. Huh? I don't care what denomination. I don't care what nationality. You know, Jose ain't letting that fly. Jose going to make a phone call. You know, and, and folk gonna multiply fast. Now, don't get me wrong, brothers and sisters. There was a point in history where we did that. Mm-hmm. Oops. You know, you hey, you come in this neighborhood acting like you're stupid and you ain't from the neighborhood. Especially if you don't look like nobody in the neighborhood. Yeah. You know, folk was nervous. Folk tiptoed through our neighborhoods at one time. Oops. Because they understood... Oh, yeah. something out of pocket. The neighborhood was need... neighborhood. It was a community. Us, 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 and say, exactly. But we got to come back to that because we're at a point in history that we're on survivor mode, especially for our young men. See, because all of the factories and all of the manual labor is overseas. Mm-hmm. And our That's... young men catch hell in school. Mothers don't understand. Mm-hmm. They catch hell, especially if they display leadership ability. Us. Yes. That's true. Those are the ones that get suspended for blowing their nose wrong. Mm. 
Mm-hmm. See what I mean? If they ask a question, one question too many, mm-hmm. they're suspended. The next thing you know, they're, they're kicked out of school. They're discouraged from coming to school. It's a headache for them to come to school. This is by design. Right. Because yeah. when they give up on education, now that's an excuse for them not to have the jobs necessary to provide for their wives and their families. Mm. Well, I was like the way, way uh, Dr. Sharonda, when she's talking about the past, if you don't do the past, how are you going to know the future? How are you going to know where you are now? I, I like that's the way right. she back. So you got to know that. You better know it. Mm-hmm. That's your history. Oh, it's not to relive it. You know, see, that's what I don't like about February because we keep living, reliving the lynchings and, you know, uh, how, you know, the, the police department would, you know, beat up the men. What we don't understand is they were beating up teenage boys and elderly men because all of the warriors were in Vietnam mm-hmm. at that time. See, all the people that would see you, sisters, have them people, they would kill them. Mm. They would die breaking their necks, them and their dogs. But what they did was they sent them overseas to Vietnam. Now, I have cousins who was in Vietnam, and they have plenty of stories where they would, be, they would uh, do the bidwack. They have the dog on fire, sta- fire stations, you know. And they would camp out, and in the morning, don't ain't nobody throw cut with yeah. Europeans. Mm. You know, they would t- tell me about ambushes. Mm. And when they mm-hmm. found out that the majority of them would look like us, they dropped their AKs and walk away. Mm-hmm. Coachy men would get on the radio and say, "Hey, look, brother, why are you shooting at us? You have a war going on in your own country." Oh, oh yeah. Us? Oh. Oh, yeah. And, and at first they wasn't shooting at us, but we started killing them. They said, oh, you know, the heck with this. Nuh-uh. And then they started returning the favor. But uh, it wasn't about what Ali said. It was true. Ain't no Vietnam never called me nigger. Oh, Ali said it. He said it to them. See, this is, also to say, this is why we as martial artists, you know, we have to make a division. You know, you know, for survival, those who run dojos as a livelihood, you know, you have your sport karate jurisdiction. But there comes a point where you must dedicate a part of your dojo, your dojang, your kun, you know, your, your, your studio to martial arts, actual war arts. Yes. I, um, excuse me, gentlemen. Excuse me. Thank you. So much. I wish that I could just uh, let you continue on, engage on. But we have we have a rule on our platform on the panel. We have to cater to our callers, and yes. a caller who was in the chat room would like to speak at this time. So um, I will come back to you at some point. And also, usually, what happens is I have a co-host, uh, Queen Zipporah Thelman. And when she joins us on the panel, she starts with the uh, publishing tips hour. We give free publishing tips to any scribe or writer who is interested in learning the ropes as to what things they need to do to get started on their journey uh, to have their literary works published. So if you could just uh, bear with me, 
We will come back to you and continue in this very, very informative and uh, very much needed uh, discussion. I want to thank you for um, all that you shared. Um, I'm not sure of the name. Could you restate your name? And I'm referring to the key facilitator of the knowledge that was the key speaker. Um, I'm familiar with uh, the the Grandmaster um, Osensi. Is it uh, Osensi or Osensu? Osensei. Osensei. I want to thank you because you started off um, at the very beginning of the show with this uh, discussion that's just so very um, in-depth about what is fact and what is truth. And we want to get back to it, but I want to make sure that I'm including all of the callers. We have a lot of callers now that are calling in that really want to comment on some of what was said. So thank you so much. And and the name again, sir, I want to get the name correct. First mother, I am Jelani Delisa Abdullah Kalfani Bay, or Jelani Bay. I am a Sifu in Pailam Kung Fu system, Kiyoshi Shihan in Chinese Goju, founder and headmaster of the Triple Fist Chaos Martial Arts Society and Hopfu Wong Pai Chun Fa Federation. Yes, awesome. Ma'am. Excellent. Thank you so much. South Carolina. Uh, Mr. South Carolina. And South Carolina. Oh, oh, so say. South Carolina. <laughs> yes, South Carolina. Big wave to South Carolina from Fran and Sage Poet and host of the Exceptional Civil Show. I want to thank you. It's been a wonderful. Dr. Sharonda had to leave us. She has, um, she works with an artist community and she's working with a playwright at this time. So she couldn't be with us for the duration, but she wanted you all to know she said, this conversation is on fire. <laughs> she said she sorry she couldn't um, stay on uh, and, and for the duration of the discussion, but she will definitely listen uh, to the archive uh, link as soon as it becomes available on tomorrow. So I want to thank you, uh, kind <laughs> sirs, gentlemen, uh, emperors, uh, kings, you're so many things, warriors, um, Grandmasters, masters, teachers, so much uh, for what you shared. I'm going now to, it looks like Guest 5, who was in our chat room. Guest 5, welcome to the Exceptional Scribble Show panel tonight, and welcome to the discussion. Hi, Queen Fran. It's Queen Zippor. Oh, hi, Queen Zippor. Well, listen, Queen Zippor, I'm going to go to New York real quick and come back to you because I know you're here for our publishing, free publishing tips hour. So just hold fast um, for the moment. Would you like to, but before we go to New York, Queen Zipporah is the co-host of the Exceptional Scribble Show. Ladies and gentlemen, she comes on every night at 10 p.m. We have Queen Nikki Ferdow Spirit on from 8, usually to 10, but she couldn't be with us tonight. She's in class. She's an entrepreneur, and she's taking some courses in business. She sends her love. Um, Queen Zippor, is there any comment that you'd like to make on what was uh, shared on tonight in, in the discussion? Well, I was uh, I had just came on and I just caught the end of the conversation. So I can't pronounce. Oh, okay. It. Yes. Mm-hmm. He, I just heard him say, you know, about you know, uh, what was he referring to about no one, uh, with no other country called him the N word or. Oh, okay. Um, I'm going to invite him to speak at this time. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that would be the um, 
grandmaster who I had the pleasure of speaking with. I'm sorry I cannot pronounce your name in full correctly, so I'm not going to attempt to do something I know at this time I cannot. But um, you're being invited back to speak at this time. The co-host, Queen Zipporah Thelman, would like to speak with you, sir. The caller from South Carolina that was just speaking, he was a facilitator for the full hour. Yes, uh, Queen Zipporah, who has just joined the call tonight, uh, joined us on the panel. She has a question. She wanted to know. Uh, Queen Zipporah, you can ask the question at this time, and please introduce yourself. I'm full host of Exceptional Scribble, and I sell free publishing tips from 10 to 11 p.m. every Tuesday night on the show. And so I just caught the end of your conversation when you were talking about no other country had caused you to slur and also about losing to the martial arts. Please rephrase the question. Um, oh, please, Zipporah, um, hold for one moment because I'm hearing some background noise. Um, yes, ma'am. Excuse me. I'm not sure who that is. In the background, I'm hearing your uh, background noise. If you can please mute your phone or mute your mic as a courtesy to our speakers. That would be very much appreciated. I'm not sure whose uh, intercom or phone that is, but I'm getting a lot of background noise. And what I'll have to do is try muting out if it continues. Okay, we're good. Please resume, Queen Zipporah. All right. I was asking about, you know, the martial arts that he was talking about. And in the conversation, I quite, he had said no what other countries so had called him the N-word. Hello? Okay. Not... Plus, Queen, yes, yes, sure. ma'am. Okay. Well, as far as that's concerned, every country has an N-word for us. Mm-hmm. You know, in Italy, it's Mugliani. In, in in China is a uh, hawkway or black ghost. Mm. <laughs> Negrito in Spanish. Yeah. You know, so everyone has a derogatory term for us, mm-hmm. and largely it's because of our lack of culture, our lack of togetherness and cohesiveness, mm-hmm. and um and they understand that you know, as as a, as a people, uh, we're very very uh. Invo- we're very, very vulnerable. You know, you can you can go to Sister So and So and tell her that you know Sister So and So said So and So and start a, a major war. This is why we don't have the organization that we need in this country because you know there's so many subversives. Mm-hmm. You know, and people understand this. You know, so this is why they call us nigger in their language, because we're the only people that don't love each other, mm-hmm. period. And when love doesn't mean sex. Love mm-hmm. means love the people. Mm-hmm. You know, when right. we get successful, we don't love each other enough to say, well, I know this brother who's had some problems. I'm going to get him in the door. But we'll we'll show up at the at the uh, social and brag about the dollars that we make, 
And then we say, well, brother, well, sis, you know, can you can you give me an application in? Well, I don't know about that, brother. You know, I don't usually uh, uh, reference it or you get no references to nobody. Mm-hmm. But see, Consuelo, he don't think like that. If Jose Consuelo manages to become a lead man in the factory where he can influence who comes through that door, from that point on, they don't even have to be a remote relative. They don't even have to be from their country. As mm-hmm. long as they speak Spanish, they're coming through the door. Mm-hmm. See what I mean? That's the love for your people, for your right. nation. That's right. You know, that's taking care of each other. Look at Chinatown. There's a Chinese restaurant in all of our neighborhoods. Mm -hmm. But does that Chinaman leave his Chinese restaurant and go next door to the Puerto Rican bodega and buy something? (laughs) Not at all. He'll take all that money we gave him and take it back to his community. And that's where he goes shopping. See, we don't understand collective economics. Mm-hmm. But, bro, I ain't going to that store. That man too high. Well, that's because that man don't have enough cooperation from his own people to incorporate. Mm-hmm. So that they, when they go to the wholesale shop as an incorporation, they get 85% wholesale discount. Mm-hmm. So he goes by himself and only gets a 15% wholesale discount. Or, or you understand? Sure. So this is why he has to have his product higher than other people because he has to eat too. He has to make a living. But because we don't have a a sense of economics, we look at him like, oh, man, he's trying to get over. He's trying to bleed the people. No, he's trying to eat, and he's trying to be the boss. One of the best interviews I've ever seen, family, was Damien Dash Mm -hmm. on on, on the Breakfast Club. That man, did he, he put his foot in that. Yeah, because there's not enough of us that want to be the boss. Mm-hmm. Every other nationality will come to our country, so true, and be the boss. Mm-hmm. Give them three years. Mm-hmm. They have their own neighborhoods. Mm-hmm. Now, now, give another example, and I'm gonna yield the floor to the mothers. You know, with more questions. In Greenwood, South Carolina, they have Carolina Pride, mm-hmm. the packing plant. All right. Mm-hmm. Okay. They, in in about uh, 1998, they started influxing Hispanics from various nations to work at the packing plant. There was a project nearby, New Haven Apartments. They housed all of them there, all right? Within three years, they would go, one would get into a neighborhood, and then they would do psychological warfare. Mm. This is going to be funny because at the end of the day, they would play their music. You know, loud as they could. And mm. when the police come, oh, lo siento, policía, porque no, 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 hable inglés. Ay, no, no problema, no problema, no problema. You know, they act like they don't understand English. Mm-hmm. So now the neighbors would get mad and do what? Leave. So now what would they do? Because they, when they move in that house, they got three families in that house. Mm-hmm. And those three families are pitching in to pay all the bills so they can save money mm-hmm. and send mm-hmm. money home. So when the next house gets open, guess what they do? They buy that house. They buy. They do the same formula until they got one whole side of the street. Mm-hmm. Then they go to the next side. Then the yeah. next block over. Then the next block over. Now they have a community. Mm-hmm. 
So now in four years' time, they went from that project to branching off in their own communities. The Dominicans went this way. The the, uh, Mexicans went that way. The Puerto Ricans went that way. You see what I mean? Mm -hmm. This is what we don't have anymore. See? And traditionally, they don't get along. Mm -hmm. But they got along to take care of the prime directive. When they were in a position where they could be the boss, because they would labor in that construction, and then guess what? They got their own construction company, and they're making their own deals. And all the people they hire are their own people or Hispanics. When we redevelop that ideology, then we will be safe as a people. Right now, as a people, we are in dire danger. Mm-hmm. And mother doesn't understand. They need you. They need you to become day walkers. That's what Blaze was all about. See, because you you love comfort. You don't like living from day to day. You like to know you have a roof over your head. Your kids are fed. The mm-hmm. bills are paid. But now if your Moorish brother can't do it, then you have to find a provider. So they take away that from us unless we want to be the boss and do our own business. So they're trying to eliminate us. This is why they're killing them young. That young brother was 12 years old and got gunned down like a dog. They didn't even investigate him. See what I mean? They didn't even investigate him. The brother in Walmart, they should be jailing the person who called the cops. You see what I mean? Because that brother had a he, he didn't have he didn't deserve to die. But That's the right. war is on the men because they need you because the sun is getting closer. I mean, excuse me, the planet is getting closer to the sun. Mm-hmm. So the closer it gets, the more it burns them. So if <laughs> they can create a child, yes, that is yes. age enough to withstand that sun, but the ideology of a clansman. This is what they want. We have to understand that this is a program called eugenics that has been going on for the since the 1900s. With all due respects to the homosexual community, that is by design mm-hmm. because men and men can't procreate. No, women and women can't procreate. Scientists no. are working with it. But naturally, they can't do it. So what does it do? It stunts the population growth. That's true. Yeah. They had a negative zero population growth. That means for every eight of them that die, maybe one is born. We're the opposite. Mm-hmm. That's true. So they've been trying to stop that. It's when we become aware of these things that we start to love each other again and understand that maybe segregation was one of the best things for us. Because mm. everybody else comes to this country and segregates. Oops. That's the truth. For, yes, that's the truth. So, I mean, I, I'll yield the floor to the mothers and anybody else who has a, a question. And I hope I answered your question, Mother. Did I? Uh, yeah, you have. This is Queen Zipporah. Yes, Queen. I beg <laughs> your pardon, ma'am. We are mothers. Yes, we are. We are by nature the mothers and the nurturers. And we do accept that honor that you are bestowing upon us. 
she's just not yet a biological mother. I think that's why she kind of was reluctant to accept. <laughs> yeah, I'm not. I'm From the womb, you're a mother. From the womb, you have that's eggs right. in your womb. So that's, true. that's something you can't. You, you, I'm nature, sorry. That's you, right. you bought that nature one. Nature selection, natural selection. I agree. Oof. Well, we thank you for so much information you've shared tonight. We we had no idea what we were in for. We were we were in for more than what we had bargained for. <laughs> well, I, I, I'm, I'm grateful. Gratitude. Yes, yes. We honor the ancestors. As a matter of fact, I'm gonna take out this time because uh, we were just focusing more so on celebrating uh, National Women's History Month uh, on the show at the beginning. We opened up with a moment of silence, acknowledging all of our uh, past and um, uh, present even, uh, heroes and heroines, but we want to acknowledge our ancestors. Um, they are the shoulders that we stand upon. Uh, we would not be who we are today had they not paved the way. So at this time, we want to acknowledge them. They are with us, ever guiding us, ever guiding us. Um, even though many times we may not have acknowledged them in our lives and the force that they are, they're here. They're with us. Even now they're with us. And we just want them to know that um, we're going to do what we must do as the present people of the sun that are here on the planet. And we're going to make certain that their legacy is ever remembered and never forgotten. We're going to do our part. We need to unite. Um, I want to thank uh, Grandmaster Osinsi. Osinsi. Ooh, I'm I'm going to get it right eventually. I'm going to get it. I'm getting there. <laughs> I want to thank you because you were asked, I believe Dr. Sharonda asked you at the very beginning of the show, um, what principle in martial art was highly significant or primary and you said unity and I was in my in my stomach I was like umoja 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 because that's you know I was taught about um you know in guzo saba principles how we are to apply them daily you know some people are very aware of them during the Kwanzaa time and you know certain festivals but it's a daily it is a daily practice that we should apply and I want to thank you because from that moment on, I mean, the show has just been on fire. <laughs> um, unity is the root, you know. If we're going yeah. to be a people, we've got to unite. Yeah. No yeah. other way. Yeah. Women, we've got to unite with our men. Um, mothers, we've got to unite with the fathers. Um, there's no other way. There's no better way for sake of furthering the seed and the continuation of a people, we've got to. We've got to do this. There's no more let's try. Let's try to come. No, we've got to say we're not going to try. We're going to just do it. Right. Because our very um, survival, our very existence depends on it. The very planet is, is crying, our mother. She's crying, she's groaning, she's moaning. Um, a lot of what we're seeing as far as what they call natural disasters, um, she's crying out because we've not yet done that. We we must unite. We must reunite. Mm-hmm. We were once united 
We've got to come back. People, we've got to come back. Um, we have a caller from New York. Welcome, New York. Caller from New York. Good evening. Good evening. Good, Good evening. evening. How y'all doing? We're doing fine. Um, I don't know um, how much of the conversation you've been hearing, but um, how I've much? been here since you've been messing the man's name up. But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> I've been here since. You know I love you, Franny. I'm on the radio show. Uh, but, much um, appreciated. I, uh, I apologize. I love you. But I had to get that one in. Um, <laughs> I've been here since. I've been out in the streets. I've been filming the movie. Bad Blood. Oh, okay. So I, um, <laughs> I was hearing noise. I was happening. like, I don't know who that is, but I know you did. I'm sorry. Uh-huh. Had I known That's it was y'all, it just muted you out right away. Oh, you ain't no good. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, Stop it. <laughs> my name is Scott Young. Uh, from TNN Radio, Scott. New York. And hi, Zipporah. I miss you. Um, Thank you. And I just, uh, I had to get on the show love tonight. I'm in the street. I'm still on trans- public transportation trying to get it, you know. But um, I had to call in when I'm here because I missed last week because I was doing the same thing and didn't get in late. I told him tonight it's too cold, and I said I got to call my family tonight and give them the word for the day at least, you know. Um I've been hearing what the brothers say, and I like it because uh, my father was a master in taekwondo and judo and stuff, and um, it's part of my life and who made me make me who I am. So, you know, it's, it's good to know that brothers are grandmasters in things that they think we can't do. And everything he said so far up to this point has been true. Everybody else can come to this country and do whatever they want to, how they want to, and it's cool. And the people that's been here and built this country can't get a BB, you know. So, you know, it's a uh, crazy because we allow it to be that way. See, we have to understand, like the brother said, that we don't allow people to or all the other things. Or we wouldn't be walking around all of the the name that we got and show respect. I'm sorry, Scott, Scott, we're having some uh, difficulty hearing you. Is it windy where you are? Very windy. Um, oh, that's windy. I tell you what, come back to me. Okay, I'll come back I'll come to back you. Come back to me. Yes, come back to once me. you're I'll indoors. <laughs> Thank you. Okay, um, we have Word Warrior on the line. Welcome to the call, Word Warrior. Hey, I was on mute. What's going on? Hey, we're hey, we're doing yeah. great. We're um I tell you, we have been uh we're 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 privileged tonight. We've been receiving uh some real solid factual based historic historic our story mm-hmm. truth. And we've been educated by we have a, a team of martial artists on the line, and they've been giving us the truth as for what the community needs to do at this time. We've got to unite. We've got to build, rebuild. We've got to um, cooperate. Mm-hmm. It's key. We've got to cooperate in terms of economics. We've got to invest 
the money, you know, we the the money that we have, we need to invest it back into the community and the businesses within yeah. the community. And it was just so much um, shared. Sheehan, I'm telling you, Jonathan we got to listen to the archives. Pennsylvania. We've got to listen to the archives later on because this information is so vital to our community. I'm I'm going to make sure I post the archive link as soon as it's available. Um, we need to be educated on the truth as to why our people have been so oppressed here in this land. There's certain uh, you know, the systematic slavery has been in, instituted systematically. And within the law, there are so many facts and so many things that we're subject to that we do that binds us yeah. as a people and enslaves us. And we're not aware of these things until we research and do the study that's required. And the Moors was mentioned in, in our history um, of us being descendants. Many don't even know their Moorish ancestry, uh, history, her story, our story. And we've just got to make certain that our people become more aware. And so I'm glad tonight to show it in the order in which it did. This was truly divine. I, I You know, I give honor to the Creator I give honor to the Almighty. Um, things don't just happen. Things happen for a reason. Um, there are universal laws. Things happen because they're supposed to happen. Um, you know, pro or con, whether we realize that or not. Um, uh, but I just wanted to say, Word Warrior, I'm glad you called in. Um, this, of course, from 10 to 11, we always have our publishing, free publishing tips hour. Um, would you happen to have any questions on that? on publishing in general? Mm, not really on publishing. Oh, okay. No, nothing on publishing. Do you have a book that's currently published? If so, this is your moment to introduce your <laughs> literary work. It's in the book. It's in the works. It's not all oh, okay. done yet. So it's we're glad. We're glad to hear that because we know that you're an awesome open mic spoken word artist, so to hear that your book is underway as for its publications, we are so proud. We are so happy to hear that said from you, King. Now, um, would you like to share some information about what your uh, poetry, the poetry that will soon be released in book form, what it is about, the theme of it? Yes. um, Give us a sneak peek. Yes, all the poetry that's coming out in the book is kind of like uh, my time of incarceration, and mm-hmm. it's basically um, everything that I thought about and was inspired by while I was incarcerated, and God Wonderful. gave me my vision while I was incarcerated to write, and that's when I wrote my 100 poems that will be in the book. I don't want to give too much. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> yeah, just a little. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. Uh, awesome. While you were incarcerated, that yeah. book was being born inside of you. Did you have any idea at the time you were incarcerated that a book would come out of that experience? And no, a book of poetry is that? 
No, I grabbed a pen, and I wanted to um, – I always believed that ample time is a devil's workshop. So I wanted mm-hmm. to, you know, keep my mind clear and positive even during the situation. So um, I just grabbed a pen, and I wrote – and I wrote like crazy. Sometimes I did three pieces a day. So mm. I never thought that it would be a book. Inspiring. But I got to once I came home to do the book. Mm. Now, um, I'm sure you have a piece with you tonight. Am I correct? Sure, sure always. Please share. Spit a piece tonight. We are looking forward to hearing it. And thank you. The mic is now in your hand. Um, I'm going to do this piece, um, Poetry is My Girlfriend. Mm. As I grab the pen and place it in my hand, know that I'm a true, faithful, and honest man. You've been my comfort when I felt weak. You've been my words when I'm ready to speak. Thank you, poetry, for receiving me, allowing me to express and inspire whenever I want to be me. When I've been lonely, you've been my friend. I want this relationship to never end. When I'm ready to embrace you, you are always near a radio show, an open mic stage, You let me overcome my fears. I got my faith in order and confidence, too, and I finally realized I'm in love with you. You allow me to Mm. express myself in any genre and different ways. And if I choose, I'm able to do this on any given day. If I'm feeling spiritual, I can grab my pen. However I feel, I can write until there is no end. When my way is dark, I can't embrace you. When I'm down in the dumps, you uplift me, boo. When my mind Mm. is clear and I get really bored, I get into you and make literary noise. Mm. Thank you Mm. for Mm. expressing Thank you for inspiration. Thank you for being there for me in all situations. You are my lifeline. You are how I breathe. Thank you mm. for unconditional love. I love you, poetry. In peace. Ooh, wee. I love that piece. <laughs> Word Warrior, you have truly lived up to that name. Um, there's not been one poem that I've heard you spit that I was not in love with. I mean, all of your poetry, I can tell you really dig deep from within, and you spit from your soul, brother. And I want to encourage you to keep doing it that way. It's it's very effective. Yeah. Awesome. Queen Zipporah, what would yeah. you like to share? Uh, yes, I would like to, because um, I'm going to be signing off at 11 o'clock. So mm-hmm. I'm going to, you know, tell about, you know, the important, I'm going to talk about the business side of publishing, which I feel is very important for every author so that they will also know what the agent is talking about. Yes. And one moment, please, Word Warrior, we want to say thank you so much for that piece. If you can tarry with us, we would like for you to spit another one later. 
But at this time, we have Queen Zipporah sharing some very important information for every writer. This information you won't want to miss. Yeah. Okay. All right. So, first piece of information is about copyright. And mm-hmm. this information is from is titled Six Questions Writers Ask About Copyright in the Law. And it's by Chuck Sam Buccino, March 11, 2015. And it's on writersdigest.com. Yeah. Right. So, the article is Imagine you're at a writer's conference. You're getting ready to pitch that great novel to a bunch of powerful agents. As you walk up to the microphone, you start to notice all the other writers in the room staring, pens and pads in their hands. That's when the questions start flooding your head. Should you have secured a copyright before spilling your idea like this? Will other writers steal your concept and do that? Will the agents ignore your pitch because the book title comes from a Billy Joel song? Don't panic. A little paranoia is almost, is almost expected. It's natural for you to want to protect your work from others. Along with protecting your work from, pil- from pilferers, which are thieves, you also have to protect yourself from being sued for legal infringement. As you, which is the action of breaking the terms of a law, agreement, etc., violation. As you compose your work and enter into the publishing world, it's vital to know how to navigate the murky waters of copyright. Copyright's libel, which is bring a suit against someone and other contractual small print. Here's the scoop on some commonly asked questions about copyrights and other rights. Do I need to register my work with the U.S. Copyright Office to hold a copyright on the work? No. Your work is copyrighted the moment it hits a tangible medium. Everything from your scribbles on a piece of paper to your musings on your Internet blog are protected. Putting mm-hmm. the word, quote, unquote, copyright or the copyright symbol at the front of your text is optional. Using the copyright symbol on your manuscript is a topic of contention, though as agents and editors see it as the sign of an amateur because they obviously know your work is protected. Try to avoid inserting the symbol or the word, quote, unquote, copyright when querying agents and editors. But remember to use it when passing your work around, such as to untrusted peers, other writers on public forums, example, the Internet. Mm-hmm. To sum up, your work is copyrighted the moment you write it. Getting it registered in D.C. gives it something else, a quote-unquote super copyright, if you will. Second question. So I have a question I- for you, uh, Queen Zippur. You just read something that, is very significant. I want to make certain that everyone was aware of what you said. You stated that the moment a work is published, it is copyright registered. But when you send it to D.C. to the National Library of Congress for the certificate, that makes the work super copyright protected. Interesting. Mm -hmm. First time I heard that said. Thank you. You're welcome. You continue. All right, second question. So since I do not need to, quote, super copyright, end quote, my work to have basic protection, is there any real incentive to doing so? It depends on who you ask. If you ask us, it's not worth it. Your publisher will copyright the work when it gets published. If you ask a lawyer, they will say, heck yes, because that's what lawyers do. Though it's not mandatory, formally registering your work will certainly help you cause 
help your cause in court should that scenario occur. If someone plagiarizes your work and you take the fee to court, the possible compensation and damages awarded to you are greater if your work is registered. Our basic advice is this. If you're really interested in keeping your work safe, worry less about copyright and worry more about where you're passing where you're passing your work for all to see, where you're mm-hmm. pasting your work for all to see. Do not put the work out in a place where you feel it's unsafe. Remember, agents and editors don't steal stuff. Writers steal stuff. Mm. I heard that if I mail a copy of the co- of the printed work to myself, that proves copyright. Is that true? Quote, poor man's copyright, end quote, is a questionably effective tactic where you mail yourself a manuscript and never open the envelope, thereby, quote, unquote, proving that you have written your work by a specific date. This is what the U.S. Copyright Office said about the idea. The practice of sending a copy of your own work to yourself is sometimes called a, quote, poor man's copyright, end quote. There is no provision in the copyright law regarding any such type of protection and it is not a substitute for registration. Nowadays, it's cheaper and easier to simply email the work to yourself, which you should be doing one, for copyright protection, and two, just to back up your own work. Although this process does not take the place of an official copyright, a super copyright, just like the U.S. Copyright Office confirmed, but it can indeed prove when exactly your words were written, and that may be valuable ammunition in a legal battle. Does a copyright protect ideas? No. Let's say you write a sci-fi story about a soldier who battles aliens on the moons of Neptune. Your idea or concept cannot be copyrighted and therefore can be used by anyone. If someone wants to try their hand at the same basic premise, soldier, aliens, Neptune, they may, but they can't use your characters, dialogue, or passages from your text. If specific things from your story are stolen or copied, you can sue, but just because someone ripped off your basic concept doesn't make them culpable, which means deserving blame. What are the legal ramifications of reproducing song lyrics in a manuscript? Also, can I use a song title as the title of my book? Song lyrics are copyrighted, which means you need permission to use them, although there isn't any specific law about how much you can take under fair use. It's common for the music industry to say you need permission for even one line of a song. Publishers will usually assist in securing necessary permissions for you during the publishing process. Differently, song and book titles of any kind generally aren't copyrightable, the only exception being those rare titles subject to to trademark or unfair competition laws. Titles that fall into this category, in this small category, are closely tied to a specific artist. Think Yellow Submarine or Stairway to Heaven. In a work of fiction, what restrictions exist on using the names of professional sports teams, TV networks, or real people? If your character is a Dodgers fan that watches CNN and walks past Rupert Murdoch on the street, you generally won't have lawyers calling for your head. You can use these well-known proper names in your text as long as you don't intentionally try to harm the reputation of that person or product. Normally, you won't catch much grief for writing neutral or positive words about real people, places, and things. It's the negative press you provide that could be considered trade libel or commercial disparagement, which means to describe someone slash something as unimportant. 
both ugly phrases that could cost you plenty of cash in a court of law. That's the end of that article. <clears throat> okay. I want to thank you for that information. Very significant. Very significant, especially for us literary artists, those whom have works that are yet to be published. We needed to know what things are um, appropriate or apropos for us to do as opposed to things that would just show that we are a novice and we are not as experienced as an expert writer or a seasoned literary artist would be. So I think that that was very fruitful. I'm glad that you shared the articles. Now, is there anything specific that you would like to share aside from what you read that you, from a personal standpoint, have lived to experience and you know um, it's something that's very beneficial for others as well whom are literary artists to know um, regarding publishing. Could you share some of that knowledge at this time? Yes. When you are and about to, you. No, go ahead. Oh, you're welcome. All right. When agents, when authors are about to, you know, unpublished authors are about to submit to agents and publishers, you know, do your homework first. And what I mean is, you know, know the rules of, you know, a publishing. And one of the things, the important thing that I learned is to never give money to an agent that asks for it for an agent or publisher. Mm. Because agents make money when authors do. They're supposed to get a commission, which is usually 15 to 20%, no more, no less than that. And if an agent asks for money up front, they're scammers and they'll flee from them. Because mm. once, yes, because once upon a time, Agents used to charge reading fees, but they abused the practice, and therefore it was banned. But it didn't stop these crooks from still doing the same thing to people that didn't know what they didn't know what know about you know the agents know about publishing or agenting because they had fallen under where they took what the agent said and didn't bother to research for themselves. So, in other words, there are a lot of agents who function like vampires and they prey on the innocent, the ones that they know are unsuspecting of their tactics, and they'll ask for what they're not to receive or what they are not uh, to even require from us. Right. As you're saying, if they're asking you for money up front, flee from them. Yes. And another thing that I found helpful, and I've, Recall, we mentioned this on another episode, is when I call physical bookstores and make sure that the client's books are on the shelf. That's another way of finding out that they're legal. Mm. Mm. So once you're published Mm -hmm. and once you've already been contracted in an agreement with a publisher or publishing house, that your book is going to be in Barnes and Nobles or available in Barnes and Noble stores, you still have to follow up. Call the brick bookstore mm-hmm. to verify that it's on the shelf, correct? Yeah. So we are not to just take their word for it. Mm-hmm. We're to confirm. We're to uh, validate their word. 
make certain of it. Make sure that it's accurate, what they're saying, because uh, that's the only way you'll know. The worst thing to experience is for you to tell someone, oh, you can go to Barnes & Noble's. My book is available there now. And then they call you up or they text you and say, well, I'm at Barnes & Noble's now, and they're saying your book's not here. So what if that happens, uh, Queens of Port? What do we do then? If that happens, then you contact, you know, the literary agent and the publisher. And you ask them, mm. you know, you know, why isn't my book, you know, I, I went to the traditional, I went to the publisher, and they were supposed to publish my book, so why isn't it on the shelf like you agreed in the contract? And speaking of contract, here's another important article called mm-hmm. Getting Your Rights Back from the Publisher. And this is under, you know, the website www.booksandsuch.com forward slash blog, B like boy, L-O-G, forward slash getting dash your dash rights dash back dash from dash the dash publisher. And mm-hmm. it's by agent, you know, Rachel Gardner. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Rachel so Gardner. Okay. Yeah. Rachel, spell R-A-C-H-E-L-L-E. Okay, Rachel. Yeah. Gardner, G-A-R-D-N-E-R. Yeah, now, and, and I guess if you can just summarize the gist of what the article is saying, could you do that for everyone at this yeah. time? Yeah. All right, now, rights version, and I had discovered this myself, and it was very important. Rights aversion means that it simply means to the point where the time where the publisher no longer owns the rights to your book. So when the rights revert back to you, the author, you're free to do whatever you want, you know, with it. And see, this wasn't, in the past, this wasn't as important because it was unlikely that another publisher, I'm just reading this from the article, mm-hmm. would want to take on an already published book. Your main option was to self-publish, and you likely not be able to make enough money to cover your self-pub costs. So all that's changed in the digital age. Now when the rights revert, you can inexpensively self-publish and keep it for sale forever, perhaps making a few extra bucks a year. So there's mm-hmm. a strong reason to want to get the rights back as soon as the publisher is no longer making you any money. Now I'm going to read just you know this important part. Of course, this is also why publishers want to hang on to rights as long as possible. Once a book stops being printed in the ink and paper format, the publisher can benefit from keeping it quote-unquote in print and continue to sell e-versions. As long as they have a chance to make money from your book, they may not want to give up the rights. And I'm skipping down to another important part. As an agent, for, excuse me, for example, the contract may state that they retain the rights as long as the author is receiving $250 on royalties over two consecutive royalty periods. As an agent, I have to question whether $250 is enough to justify the keeping the rights, and I usually try to get that threshold raised when publishers are not excited to grant this. Usually, there will be a provision that you cannot request a revision of reversion of rights if your advance isn't earned out. The contract <laughs> language may state that if the advance is earned out and the publisher's sales fall below a threshold, the author can request a reversion of rights if the publisher doesn't bring their sales up in the next royalty period. So again, it's helpful 
to have an agent who can watch your sales on each royalty period and make that reversion request at the right time and in the proper number. All right, that's all I'm going to read this article. And the final, do you have any questions before I continue? None. 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 All right. You're free to go. Thanks. You're welcome. And then the final one, um, this is from Poets and Writers, www.pw.org forward slash content forward slash copyright. Now, I've already read about, you know, the copyright information for writers, and it's the same as I read, you know, in the first article. But here's the more, you know, uh, more information. If you're signing a book contract, it is crucial that you avoid granting copyright of your work to a publisher. Also, never stipulate, which means demand or specify a requirement typically as part of a bargain or agreement, that yours is a work, quote, made for hire, end quote, which would legally make the publisher the owner of your work. And the following is, you know, uh, the rights that you sell and then you keep. All rights. The right to own your work. Avoid granting a publisher all rights to your work. If you do, you can never use the same work again in its current form. For example, you have sold all rights to a story and later want to include that story in an anthology, you have to purchase the right to do so <coughs> from the publication that now owns all rights to it. The owner of all rights is free to reprint your material or to sell it elsewhere without paying any additional money to you. The owner would also be free to use all of the rights listed below. Electronic rights. The right to publish or allow others to publish electronic versions of your work, including CD-ROMs or other electronic devices. The Authors Guild argues that writers should be compensated for the electronic reproduction of their work just as they are compensated for print reproduction. Exclusive rights. The right to publish your work without the work appearing elsewhere at the same time. Often publishers request exclusive rights for a given length of time, three months, six months, or one year, for example. After the exclusivity period has ended, you are free to publish your work elsewhere. First, North American serial rights. The right to be the first publisher of your work one time in North America. Selling first North American serial rights allows you to sell free, excuse me, first sell first serial rights to the same work in places other than North America. First, serial rights. The right to be the first publisher of your work. After the work is published once anywhere, all rights revert back to you. Internet rights. The right to publish your work on the internet or via email, as in an email newsletter. Unlike electronic rights, internet rights do not grant a publisher the right to reproduce your work on CD-ROM or another physical electronic device. Reprint rights. The right to print a work a second time. Reprint rights imply that first rights for the work have been sold. Subsidiary rights. The right of a publisher to use your work in a format other than its own hardcover or paperback edition. This includes film, foreign audio, and sometimes electronic rights in addition to book club reprint editions, publication of selections and anthologies or textbooks, and first or second serial rights. And worldwide rights, the right to publish English language versions of your work in all countries with publishing conglomerates. Which, is, which means a number of different things or parts that are put or grouped together to form a whole but remain distinct entities 
which are things with distinct and independent existence. Increasingly going international, many publishers demand worldwide rights. That's the end of this article. Okay. Now, if you can just um, pick out what was outstanding in that article and um, shed light on that for some of the listeners, maybe um, break it down in layman terms even so it can be simplified where a child, if a child is listening tonight um, in our listening audience, they could interpret easily what was said. If you can do that for everyone. Thank you so much, Queen Zipporah. All right, you're welcome. I appreciate it. All right, so going back to the beginning about with the copyright, if you are signing a book, it is crucial that you avoid granting copyright of your work to a publisher. Also, never, you know, demand that yours is a work, quote, made for hire, which would legally make the publisher the owner of your work. So in other words, do not tell a publisher that my novel is made for hire. And so basically Mm. you're giving away, you know, your rights you know, to that publisher, and they'll take your work and do what they want with it because they are the new owners because you passed on the ownership. So we need to know this. I mean, this is so significant. I'm sure a lot of people not knowing did the very thing that you're wanting us not to do, and that's how we can turn over or give over the rights of our works to a stranger, to another. And they're not, and keep in mind, your literary works, you need to deem precious just as if it was a child born from you. Yeah. Because it actually, you gave birth to it. Mm-hmm. And you got to deem it so precious where it does matter that it doesn't fall into the wrong hands. It does matter that someone doesn't steal it. Would you want someone to steal your baby from you? I mean, if you have that same regard and respect for your work as a literary artist, I believe you will better safeguard it and protect it from the thieves out there. Because there are many, and there's so many ways people can swindle yeah. the very profit from from you of your work. You know, the profit that you're supposed to receive, the royalties that you're supposed to get. It, we need to be careful before we sign our names Yeah, on that dotted line. Can you also give, um, you know, give some advice at this time of, of things people need to avoid in doing when it, when it comes to that, signing their name All on right, one thing? Mm-hmm. All right, now when you get <clears throat> contract, mostly the uh, literary agent is there, you know, to help you, help guide you through the process. Mm-hmm. But when you read that contract, Anything that you don't understand, ask questions and don't be afraid to because it's for, you know, your own good. Because the publisher, you know, you're going to read something and if you come across if you come across something you don't understand, you're going to continue reading because, you know, you have that ex- overexcitement of finally getting to your goal of being published. But you're also going to encounter roadblocks in that contract if you don't understand what's in it. Hmm. And also, you know, I advise to bring a dictionary. So you come across a big word, mm-hmm. look it up. You know, if you, um, in case, you know, that agent or that editor or that publisher, contractor, you know, don't, don't know what the word means, so you can just pull out the dictionary, Webster, and look it up, and then you, uh, you'll all know what it is. 
So very true. I'm I'm thankful to you that you said that. Um I'm I'm a part of that community. Uh that that community of progressive thinkers I carry around with me a pocket dictionary thesaurus. Yeah. Um that to some may be geeky. <laughs> some people may consider that nerdish and something they dare not do in public, but I, I tell you, it will make a difference in your life because you never know who you're going to encounter in in the course of a day and what questions you may be asked or even what offers may be extended to you. And it's better to have it than to need it and not have it. Yeah. Because uh, one of the worst experiences to have is to know what it is that you, you mean, but you can't quite get the word to pop up in your head. And when you don't have the tool accessible to you where you can just, okay, let me look this up because I know this word means the same thing. And, and if you have your thesaurus, it, it's going to give you a whole list of other words that mean the same thing. Um, when you don't have something and you really need it, that's when you realize the worth of it. Mm-hmm. So I want to encourage everyone, every listener out there, every scribe, literary artist, poet, novelist, journalist, because we have some people that just write daily in a journal. Mm-hmm. Um, writing is a sacred If you've been endowed with that gift, don't take it lightly. Many writers wrote not just history, her story, their story, and our story, but they actually wrote wars to to begin or wars to cease. The power of the pen is potent. So be very wise, be diligent. If you are a scribe, know what to write. Know what season and time you're in. Because if you write the right thing at the right time, you could save someone's life. You could even prevent world cataclysmic disasters. Words are power. I think a lot of people don't fully have that awareness quite yet that words hold power and spirit, energy, and we ought to know what to write. Be very diligent. And, yes, cunning, crafty when you scribe a thing. Know what it is that you're doing. Know that it is a sacred right and know that it is potent to write a thing. And then I think when you better highly regard and respect it as a sacred right, you know how to handle that pen. You know how to handle that craft. And you can handle it diligently and with care. And that power will not be wrongly dispersed, but rightly distributed. A queen friend is a queen support, and I like to. Um, I want to comment on what you said. Thank about you. The power and the pen, and well, and now I say about Mean Kemp. 
that part about me, Kemp, my struggle by Adolf Hitler. Mm-hmm. And that book was about how he was going to take over the world. And nobody believed it. And look what almost mm-hmm. happened. Yeah, look what almost happened. Please repeat that statement at a louder tone because I want everybody to really hear what's being said here because this is necessary information. And thank you, Queen Zipporah. You're welcome. This is history. But, mm-hmm. uh, Queen Fran had mentioned about the power of the pen is very potent. and I was, you know, this just popped in my head about Mean Kemp, my struggle mm-hmm. by Adolf Hitler, which was about how he was going to take over the world, and nobody took him seriously until look what almost happened. Mm. Look at what yeah. almost yeah. happened. My, my cough mm-hmm. or my or my struggle in English. He wrote everything that he was going to do, and he did it. So mm. it to listen. And learn, because pen is mightier than the sword. Yes. Yes, indeed. I I receive that. I receive that. I live by that. <laughs> yes, indeed. I, I live by that power. That's why I said that because I know that's where your power and strength is. <laughs> mm-hmm. Thank you. Thank you. It, and it's good to it's good to hear it rehearsed in my ears. It's good because I need not forget it. You know, I believe. Even the ancestors always being present with us, uh, the creator always uh, giving us that solar energy, that um, higher power that we need to continue to function on all planes. And I think that when we're most mindful of things, especially things that are relevant, you know, what powers we possess, Mm -hmm. we can better operate on this planet, and we can do our part to heal the planet, that it no longer be a sick or dying planet. So it's very key. Scribes, it's very key that you know the power that you possess, the power of the pen. Yeah, Queen Fran, I like to comment. That is scary, (laughs) the power that you Mm -hmm. possess. Because, because, you know, and... um, and we had also said about, you know, like even acting out like with mirrors. And uh, it reminded me of something. Um, what was it, a mirror? Like you don't know what, how you're offending someone or you're just, you know, triggering their post-traumatic stress disorder from what you say because you don't know the experience. They're right, experience. right. That's so true. Mm-hmm. We don't know. I mean, words uh, can unearth things, too, <laughs> in our lives. You know, it can literally resurrect some things that maybe we want to keep dead. Mm-hmm. We got to know the power um, of the pen, the power of words, and just be mindful of that. You know, be mindful and know what to write at what time to write it in. Um, know your audience, too. Um, you know, some, not to say you got to kiss anybody's. Foot, toe, head, rear, end, back, front, or sides. But it's good to know your audience because ultimately, as an artist, you're a messenger. And if you're not aware or conscious socially of your audience and the environment you're in, you will not relay the message in the most appropriate manner. And I think that um, 
cultural sensitivity, being multicultural, um, having that multicultural, in terms of multicultural awareness. That's what I'm referring to. Um, It's so very important as well because when you relay the message, you want the message to be well received. You don't want not to be understood. And I think if we are sensitive to the culture of the people that we're communicating with and that being who the target audience is, and even sometimes we may find ourselves in the midst having an audience that we didn't plan to have. Mm -hmm. So it's good to be open to the challenge of knowing who they are. Ask questions. Find out what their pulse is. Um, Maybe you're in the midst of an A personality audience of people. So you can't come with B personality rhetoric to satisfy them because they're just not listening. <laughs> You're going to be it's like talking to the wind. Yeah, it's not that, you know, this is Queen's report, Queen's friend not listening. Someone just walk out because of it, especially if it offends them. That's right. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's like anything. You go inside a restaurant. I've done this myself. You look at the menu. I'm reading everything on the menu. I've been ridiculed because of that. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, if it's just nothing there for me, it's nothing there for me. I'm not going to try and substitute. I, I don't operate like that. Mm-hmm. So that's just the same with anyone concerning art and, and what's for them and what's in, in language in, in general, language in general, because we're talking about literary art. We're touching on language. Uh, dial, we touch on a lot of things, and you just have to know your audience. Target the audience that you are supposed to deliver your message to, and in case you're not in that particular target audience of your choice, you got to be flexible as an, arti- as an artist and knowledgeable and conscious, even if you're not as knowledgeable, but you're conscious enough to know their pulse and how to relate to them mm-hmm. because we all have a personality. Yes, and then you don't know what triggers that personality, and you could, uh, you know, in other words, you could be setting off an um, explosive and stuff. <laughs> human explosive. Right. We don't want to set off the H-bomb. <laughs> We're trying to heal the world, <laughs> not destroy it. Or not annihilate a people. Now, we do want, now, we're truth mongers here. Um, that's one thing I do. I make certain that people are aware of on this platform. Um, don't come to this platform with fiction and and declare it to be truth. Because then we have a problem. Okay. Um, I'm a truth monger. We live in trouble times. And you better be careful what you say. These are troubled times. That's right. That's it. We don't want to kill our people. We need to heal our people. So if someone comes with language mm-hmm. or dialogue that I know is destructive to our people, I'm just going to mute them out. I'm not going to give them that opportunity to spread that venom. Yeah. Um, a matter of fact, I don't think I would invite them to speak 
You know, when you know your enemy, you don't invite them mm-hmm. to your table. Um, you know that they're likely to destroy somebody. <laughs> You're not going to give them an invitation. Right. You know, you're definitely not going to open your front door to that. Yeah. So, you know, that's that's pretty much what we're we're trying to do here. You know, this is a platform. We know that literacy is key. Um, unfortunately, in in most of our cities now, uh, especially the inner city, uh, the schools are closing yeah. by the dozen, and the the pr- the uh, uh, school to prison pipeline mm-hmm. has been established, and also our youth are targeted. You know, they've been miseducated, they've been mislabeled, misdiagnosed. Mm-hmm. And we've got to make certain that literacy enrichment happens for them because education is that passport to freedom to a certain extent. Yes, and uh, Queen Francis, Queen Zephora, and I also want to, you know, connect on what you had said about, you know, with the, the venom. Um, yes. Yeah. All right, fellow author Omar Tyree quit writing urban fiction in 2008 because he said he could not continue to feed, you know, the people, you know, the black community, black community, the poisons that they had become addicted to. Mm. Uh, mm. Article that went on, yeah, and he received like negative negativity, you know, for his decision. And that was 2008. Yes. And this is 2015. I commend that brother and uh, literary artists, there are still yet freedom writers, those who will only write things that will liberate the mind and yes. the soul and the spirit. Yes, there are. You know, I'm going to say this here, one thing and get off. Yeah. When I, I came down here to Charlotte, North Carolina. I'm from Ohio. And I came down here in mm-hmm. 93. In 1994, I went to South Carolina and the schools, when I say schools, you know, I'm talking about black schools. The mm-hmm. schools, in, in South Carolina, we're teaching how the books that were 40 years old. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 40 years old. Think about that. You're teaching mm. today something that's 40 years ago. You know, that's history. That's past. Right, you, right. You know, modern day, you know, uh, politics and whatever. 40 years. And they had them old books in them schools, and they, they were teaching that like it was just... Mm. But why didn't they have this? This is Queens of Four. Why didn't they put up current subjects along with the history? I mean, I understand history is a subject, but then you include you know, the old and the new. This was this was was black uh, uh, high school. Mm-hmm. You know, this is what you learn before you go oh to college. Right. You know, they will never make it. They will never right. Miss Set up the cell. It was designed. It was designed. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Okay, I, I want to just put that out there. Yes, I'm glad you did because it's it's reality. It's reality. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What our youth are facing today. Forty years. Wow. That oh gosh. I know. You can't even think of it. I mean it hurts it hurts to to know it. It hurts to hear it because you know it's the truth. It's like wow. They really don't want to see our youth advance. They don't. Yeah, it's a fear. It's a fear. It's a fear. I once read in a book, it was nonfiction. Fear stands for false evidence appearing real. Mm. Wow. Yeah, false evidence. You know, the teachers know. The teachers knew better. 
You know, the teachers knew the books they were teaching to the students. They knew. They knew mm-hmm. those books were, weren't, you know, current. Some books should have been thrown away and burnt. Mm. That's right. That's what you do. Anything that's so just like, um, yes, trash. You put yes. it out on the curb side. Exactly. You dispose exactly. of it. Right. Exactly. You don't keep it in your house. You don't. Yes. No, they were in school. They were teaching them books in school like they were the latest thing. Mm-hmm. They were it makes it, it it answers a lot of questions. Knowing and and seeing things like this and hearing things like this, it answers all the questions there are. To why our youth are in the dilemma they're in? You're right. In society today. Mm-mm. Well, thank you. We have um, we have some callers. We have a caller from Southeast Texas, and we have a caller from Texas. Going to go to Southeast Texas first. Welcome, caller from Southeast. Good evening, Queen. This is Good Paula evening. Frey. I'm just listening in Queen. tonight. Mm. <laughs> Taking in the information. <laughs> I know that's <laughs> right. You definitely are a uh, truth monger, and when it comes to our youth, you do so much. Um, is there anything on your heart that you'd like to share with our listening audience? And of course, after which, uh, please share a poem. <laughs> Well, um, basically when dealing with young people and youth especially, it can be frustrating, especially with our own at times when they think they know more, they're going through some things that they're pretty much bringing upon themselves. So Mm. we have to remember patience. We have to look back Mm -hmm. and remember our history because mine surely was not a clean slate as a teenager. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Most of us. Try hard to squeeze our fabulous feet in their little shoes, and um, I don't know. We, it's not about being passive. That's what they don't need. But it's a matter of remembrance and and um, understanding. And I often think about my late godmother, who was ten years older than my grandmother, and my grandmother, who's still with us, and all of these wonderful women, and even my godfather. Um, Spoken mm-hmm. to my spirit when I was wrongdoing or maybe just a little askew from what I should be doing if it wasn't anything major. They spoke positively. They spoke peace. They didn't raise their voice. They didn't call me out of my name. And it had a really major impact on me. And um, about a year before my godmother passed, she brought it to my attention that in all my years, and she had known me, since before birth, she used to babysit my mother and aunt and uncle. And I'd never, ever disrespected her. I'd never said an ill word to her. And um, I'm almost 40 years old, and she only passed uh, a few years ago. And I said, wow, that's amazing. I wish I could say the same for my mother and father <laughs> and a lot of other people. But it just was something about I wanted to do right. I wanted to be good. I wanted to be pleasing, and they were big on rewarding us for good behavior. I got my mm-hmm. hand banked a few times with the wooden spoon. She wasn't big on belts, but only I can remember maybe twice. But disappointing her was my biggest thing. Um, so when you make a positive impact on a child's life, 
know that it sticks. They may not speak to you for a while. Life gets busy. They could be off mm-hmm. college, et cetera. But plant that seed because trust, it will be watered. Mm-hmm. And our young people need that because they're already facing a world full of negativity. They're already facing these quiet storms in school, bullying, being picked at, name-calling, um, early promiscuity. They have so much pressure to be and do and think and act like these ridiculous videos that are just full of lies and everything that is against what the Most High called us to be about. Our bodies are temples, mm-hmm. and we just desiccate them left and right, and it's not okay. So I don't... I don't sugarcoat it with young people and tell them, yeah, do your thing. You're young. You have time. That's a lie. And the most high is not in it. We need to be telling these young people the truth, that no, this is not okay. Your body is a temple. Stop what you're doing now while you have time, because time is promised to no man. That's true. Thank you. Wow. I tell you, you said a mouthful there, and it was all the truth. I want to give you a high salute, my queen, my sister, my um, struggle, one in the struggle partner, because I know you fighting on the front line alongside me and everybody else that's on there, the community helpers and community leaders in our community. And um, at this time, I'm going to ask you to share your poem. we got a couple of callers in queue, and I don't want them to get weary and have to leave early. So, um Please do us the honors and grace us with one of your exceptional scribble poems. Thank you. I'll make it short and sweet with soul whispers. Hmm. Be quiet, my child, and just sit still for a while. Lean back and listen closely as I minister within. No, I won't shout or even speak up much. For I need to be gentle while filling your soul cup. So it requires that you get in tuned and hear me very well. That's how in life to ensure you indeed won't fail. Fail the test of my mercy and my grace, which as you well know was simply giving because of your faith. Least you'd brag or even begin to boast, quickly forgetting all about the Holy Ghost. So for that reason, I lean in real, real close, tugging at your heartstrings, which truly need me the most, guiding you to do what's best in and out of the fold. Just listen to my ebbings, hear my inner call, knowing that when I'm whispering, it's all just so you are fall. Fall into the snares and traps placed deceptively at your soul's doors screaming out their haunts, playing against fleshly desires and wants. Mm. And that's where I come in time and time and time again, drowning them out and cutting off their snickers by loving on you with the sweetest and tender soul whispers. Mm. Soul whispers. Powerful. Powerful. And it's a beck and call to the, to the youth that he to the the wisdom of the ages, wisdom of the sages, wisdom of the elders, uh, wisdom of the mother. Um, And we need them to listen. So we sometimes need to whisper, come 
softly with our message. Don't always feel the urge and need to slam down (laughs) the message, you know, like thunder, to come like thunder. And, you know, sometimes it's that soft and sweet rain, you know, like that summer rain. Come real cool and, and pleasant. And you may win more that way, and they may be more inclined to hear what you're going to say better when you come that way. Thank you. We needed to be reminded of that. Appreciate it, Queen. (coughs) I have a little uh, tickle in my throat tonight, so I do apologize, (laughs) everyone, for that. Um, Thank you so much for being so gracious to all the listeners. We have um, New York on the line, and then we're going to Texas and South Carolina. Hey. Welcome good evening. <laughs> good evening. Good evening. Good evening. We're going to do a little something like this. I'm going to do this and get on out the way. You know, this is what we call the word for the day. Yes, indeed. We're going to do a little something like this. We got a brother on the line that tells us that we have to do what we really have to. And he's expensive, and he's also known as a grandmaster. Queen Zipporah. You've shown back up, giving them the lines how to take their book and get it done correctly so it won't get stole or took off the shelves. I don't understand why people don't understand that the world has changed so much. These kids out here need us to help them stand up. People don't understand that this is a spiritual war. It's not all about the physical. Mm. We can't even take and put it in the mathematical understanding, so we can't even do the indivisible. Mm. I love y'all to death because this is our forum. And we stand here being strong kings and queens and showing them about decorum. Straighten up your act. Do this, do right. And God's going to do things for you that will be forever out of sight. But when your negativity comes through and you ain't never being true, karma's going to come back and smack the hell out of you. So all I say to y'all tonight, friend, you always understand. See, you know how it be. And Brother Grandmaster, it was a pleasure, as you'll see. But as I say that, and as I tell y'all at the end, I always fill up my cup. Toast to all you kings and queens that's out here doing the right thing. And that's from Scott Young and Pull Your Pants Up. And that's the word for the day for everybody. Peace. Wonderful, wonderful. And, Brother Scott, please share with everyone how they can tune into your show because your show comes on the air live on Wednesdays. Please inform the listeners. And thanks. Yes, thank you. Um, the name of my show is Pull Your Pants Up. You can get it. It's an internet radio show. Also, it's on T is in Tom, A is in Apple, N is in Nancy, D is in David, L is in Love, radio.com on the World Wide Web. And you can call into my show live at 906-701-9860, pound sign. That's three, oh, pardon me, pardon me, 305 
eight is the first part of the code. Three zero five eight four eight 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 eight, and then the nine zero six seven zero one nine eight six zero pound sign, and you will come across the air. I air from six to seven. Um, grandma slid me a half an hour back. Um, uh, hopefully, you know, because she see that, you know, I, my show's been getting bigger. Thanks mm-hmm. to Fran and Zipporah and, you know, uh, Dr. Sharonda and everybody just showing me, Nikki Fertile Spirit, just showing me love and coming on and, um, everybody's just loving it. So we're supporting each other the best way we know how. And we're giving each other that energy and love. And I'm really just uh, grateful to have y'all in my life and be uh, to help foundate me and strengthen my back because besides every king is a bunch of queens, you know what I'm saying? And if if the kings don't feel that way, then something wrong with them. You know, like I said, you know, it's uh, Adam and Eve, not Adam and Steve or Eloise and Eloise, you know. So it's a, it's a combination you know, but we have to be fair with each other and learn because every relationship is a marriage. The marriage is only made by a man to make you spend money with him and he can tax you. So that's where that comes from. Other than that, you know, um, Fran, as always, I love you. Support, I miss you. I'm glad to hear you back and um, I appreciate you being back. And um, Nikki, I'm, I'm sorry I missed you earlier, but you know, it's much love here and always for exceptional scribble. And with that, I have to say good night. Good night. Thanks for that word of the day. I tell you, that was a wrap. That was a wrap. He told Thank everything you. that happened from the very start, from the time he tuned in. And that was uh, Grandmaster O Sensei. I'm going to say it again Grandmaster O Sensei, um, who. Uh, King and warrior and brother uh, Scott gave a high salute to when he gave his word of the day. And we also want to give a high salute to the brother who gave us the more foundation story. We needed that. We need to know our roots. We need to know our roots. We need to know the truth about America and how this land became established with the laws that are in existence today. So I think that brother, um, I don't want to say the name wrong, (laughs) so I just want him to know uh, he is much appreciated by the Exceptional Scribble Show panelists, the show hosts and co-hosts, as well as all of the supporters and supporting writers that call called in tonight. Um, I want to thank everyone that called in, all the martial artists that called in who uh, did share, and those who maybe didn't speak, but they were in the spirit of unity of one accord. I want to thank you for just being that. Um, it's time for our people... As a people, it's time for us to unite and to hold up each other's arms. Because the only way we're going to win this struggle and overcome the struggle is as a team. No one can do it by themselves. 
Um, at this time, we have a caller from Texas, other than the last caller caller from Texas. Welcome to the Exceptional Scribble Show. And then we're going to South Carolina. Good evening, Francine. This is Ken calling from Dallas. How you Good doing evening. Today? I'm doing well this evening. I don't know how long you've been tuning in, but um, would you care to comment on anything that was shared tonight? Uh, I think I caught the tail end of it was something that you were saying about how Adolf Hitler said. Oh, okay, about yes, Queens of Horror. Yeah, because we were touching on writing and the and the the potent uh, potency of the scribe, scribe, you know, the writer, uh, the one who writes and and. The power of the pen. We were discussing about that, and she made mention of Adolf Hitler, and uh, she gave men- mention to the title of a book he wrote about how he would rule the world, and how she said, "Just think about it. He almost did it. That he did. He almost. He that, almost did almost. it, and that goes to show you." You know, the power as, you know, we write, and I always say, just as people say, you are what you eat, you are what you write. You can write your future. You can write your story, how it's going to end that is. So we got to be so very careful of the things that we're writing, how we're writing, what time we're writing in. There's so much to consider. So we need to be diligent. If you're a writer, be diligent um, because what you're writing will someday be read. It will someday be read, meaning somebody is going to submit to it. As a reader, you submit to what's written. Not to say being a reader is not as sacred a right or not as high a calling as being a scribe or writer, but what's written gets read. So we need to be mindful that when we're writing, someone's going to read what I'm writing today, meaning I'm going to influence or impact a generation. Should I be writing this? Is this accuracy, what I'm saying in, in written form? Is this message truth? All of this is what we need to consider first before that ink bleeds. Um, I spoke with a writer not too long ago, and she shared, when you write, think of it like this. You're slitting your wrist every time you write. You bleed every time you write. You are literally tearing away flesh. You are literally opening your chest. Exposing your heart, all your vitals to the world. Know what you're doing. You become a sacrifice for a cause. You become a martyr. Knowing that should make you self-conscious and even more convicted about what you're going to write. You should know, I can't just write anything. Somebody's going to read what I write. 
meaning I'm going to impact someone's world. So I want to write something right. I want to promote life. I'm not saying now, come on, sometimes we need to war with our words. Okay, there's a time for war, just like there's a time for peace. But don't go starting fire that you're not willing to put out. Pick your battles. Know what time you're in. Know what to write and when to write it. And I think when we govern ourselves with that discipline as scribes and messengers, we will write things that are meaningful and relevant to this generation we're in now and even to the next. And and that's my piece. So, Ken, is there anything that you would like to share first if you came with a message as an artist, as a scribe, and then we would love to hear a poem from you as well? All right. As I heard today earlier, was talking about our younger generation of how they are now, especially doing the had to do with the schools and all that. Mm-hmm. And it's like it's not to say that they don't want to learn. Most of them do want to learn, but we often have to look at our older generation and how much are they willing to to share the much needed information that they want to hear. Because sometimes, you know, our younger generation can be so somewhat, uh, I want to say arrogant, but I don't know if that's the word I'm looking for. But they kind of have this rambunctious, you know, reputation that, you know, nobody can't tell us what to do. They don't know nothing and blah, 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 blah. <laughs> we mm-hmm. often wonder, like, what's going on in the household? What's going on at home? So, you know, there's teachers that are out there really busting their tails, really trying to teach them something. But then y'all can wonder, like, okay, what are the mindset of the parents, you know, at home? What mm-hmm. are they teaching their kids at home? And you never really know until you, until you meet up with the parents. And if you see how the parents react to certain things, then you want to then you know why the child act act the way they act. It's because the reflection of the parents. And the parents have to sometimes look at themselves and say, look, let me get myself together here and do what's right and take myself out of it and do what I can to help my child get better at his or her education because I would like to see my child grow up to do something better that I that I can, things that I couldn't do when I was their age. Maybe this child here has a chance to show me something that I maybe need to learn, and I decided to you know, just take a chill for a minute. It's okay. Let's see what we can do. Mm-hmm. That's so important, uh, Ken. So very important. Thanks for sharing that because we need not forget uh, we are the ones to lead them that they may lead us. It's reciprocal. We reciprocate in leadership. Uh, The youth shall lead us. So we need to lead them and teach them and train them well so that in turn they will lead us in the way we need to take in the future and in the present. Indeed. Uh, I believe it was Maya Angelou, the late, great Maya Angelou, who is now an ancestor. Um, She said, each one teach one. 
And that sticks with me very strongly because sometimes we feel that we need to lead a whole mass to be a leader. We need to have a following of 250 strong. There's people even that think that on social media, if I don't have a 1,000 followers following me, then I'm not doing something right. Not necessarily. Right. All you need is a follower, and not just a follower, but a follower that can lead you. Then you know you did it right. That's right. When they can reciprocate the leadership. When it's reciprocal. I'm sorry. sorry. When you say that, it's like what I've noticed on Facebook recently, it's like a lot of people, you know, do say a lot of things just to get a lot of likes or get a lot of followers. And I remember my pastor a couple of days ago, especially this past Sunday, you know, you can get a lot of people to follow you, but it's what you say back up what you do. Mm-hmm. You get a lot of you getting a lot of followers just because you want to be popular for social media, or are you really taking a stand for someone who may not have that loud voice? They may have a soft voice, but they need your voice to speak out on things that they wish they could speak out on. And they're actually watching how you conduct yourself as a leader. So when they step up, when you come up short, they'll be able to lead you. So you basically, like, you want to get people not just to follow you, but to help you lead so you'll be able to lead them. And then when you get to a point where it's time for you to step down, they can step it up. And be the leader, and you can say you can sit there and watch that person mm-hmm. at work and say, you know what, I did a darn good job with this one here. You can sit back and just say, you know, Lord, I thank you for allowing me to teach this person how to do things the right way, and not do not do things the way that others have, and stay mm-hmm. effective. Mm-hmm. So. On point. That is right. That is the way it's supposed to be. And we're going to get it right. We are determined. We are a determined nation of people. We have been in fire and yet not consumed. We have endured struggles that any and every other nation of people have died. It has wiped them out, literally annihilated. And because of our determination and our will to live, we will not ever say die. We're going to keep fighting until the struggle ends in our favor, that is. So thank you for what you shared. And now we're ready to hear a poem (laughs) by you, Ken. All right. Actually, I'm a, I have I actually have like both of my phones there, and it's a poem I've actually did some time ago. Okay. And I actually I inbox you one half of it, so it's kind of like a two piece poem, but it's basically the same message. So I'm gonna go ahead and read them both, and and hope and hopefully I get my point across on what I speak here. And I usually speak this one here basically is towards our our younger generation of men our young generation of boys that's coming up now. 
So I did this just for them. It's called Trapped. Mm-hmm. I'm all chained up, trapped in mediocrity. People's negativity and mediocre ways of living has me locked up. Mm-hmm. Trying to share some much-needed knowledge, but they got tossed like newspaper. When people lack knowledge, it can reduce the way we live. Tired of being in these chains, being a slave to mediocrity, tired of being surrounded by trouble, not able to help my people to break free from mediocrity. My heart is heavy. Mind is corrupted. I just want to break free, free from mediocrity. Hearing that small voice of hope, saying to look up, believe that you're free. Don't let what you see define who you are. You are a strong warrior, a king. Those chains can keep you contained in mediocrity. Don't let fear keep you in chains of mediocrity. Don't be your own worst enemy. You are not mm. defeated. Rise up, chain and all. Help us on the way, brother. Trust and believe you're free from all mental mediocrity and will conquer all your fears. Brothers, mm. listen to them. Do not let mediocrity keep you in chains. The world's way of living isn't what God revealed to us. People acknowledge because they don't want to hear the truth. Constantly putting our younger generation behind bars instead of teaching them and showing them love. They want to call our future warriors animals, and all we need is that strong bond from our older generation of warriors. We admit we lost our focus and got sidetracked. But now it's the time to break free from those shackles and step it up. Because remember, iron sharpens iron. We got to keep spreading the knowledge that God has presented to us and carry out our Father's mission in peace. Mm, awesome. Awesome message and a timely message. It's about what we must do. Not what we're going to do, not what we need to do. It's about what we must do. It's with a sense of urgency. That that message you deliver in that poem is to be heard. We must do it. It's not an option anymore. Oh, no, it's not. It's a command. Thank you so much. We're going to go to South Carolina at this time. Welcome back, South Carolina. South Carolina, you're now... On the call, welcome uh, to the yes. Greetings. Uh, we talking about me? Yes, sir. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yes, 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 uh, Queen. Yes, Mother. Uh, how may I help you? Um, yes, King, Emperor, uh, Warrior. You, you, you know, you wear many hats, right? Yes, ma'am. Unfortunately, <laughs> I do. <laughs> well, fortunately, yes, ma'am. Well, uh, I've I've been um. My inbox must be over flooding now. So many people uh, deeply appreciated you extending yourself and sharing the foundation story of the Morris Nation. Um, I, a lot of people are just like, they can't wait until the archive is available. I believe um, usually 
It could be a few hours. It could be the next day. But as soon as it's available, I'm going to share it um, and share it with Master Osensei, um, my uh, brother, Al Yisrael. Um, I'll make certain that you get it as well because the information that you shared and it flowed and it was so detailed and everyone appreciated that because we're not privy to getting it like that too often, and especially not for free. You know, unfortunately, unfortunately, uh, in this era that we're in, you know, there's a price tag attached with um, doing what you did, and and, and you did it just because. It wasn't um, that you owed us any favors or anything like that. You really cared. You really care, and we appreciate you, and we want you to know that it was not in vain. A lot of uh, people responded. I got so many texts, inbox messages. People were just like, this is what we need. This is, you know, they were so glad they were tuning in. So I want to let you know that, you know, it was not in vain. What you did, it was major tonight, and you had a lot of ears. (laughs) I didn't even realize so many people were tuning in, so... This that is, is a blessing. It's a, that's what that's what we had this platform uh, created for. It was for that purpose. We knew our community was not always privy to getting information that was so vital for our community as as for as for our uh, whether it was our welfare in terms of um, uh, business. Wise, you know, having the information we need so that we can be successful in business, um, education, can further our education, what monies is out there that we can acquire to aid us financially because, you know, in America everything costs. Um, so we want you to know we appreciate you. And the door of this platform is open wide to you anytime you want to call in. We will also be in touch because we definitely want you to come and have an hour where you can discuss, well, more than an hour, of course, we give you, <laughs> where you can discuss further about what you do, how you service the community, as well as the um, foundation story of the Morris Nation because we need to know our foundation. We need to know our uh, legacy, heritage. We need to know more and what we've been told because we know there's more. So we thank you for uh, what you did here tonight on the platform. Well, gratitude. It was my honor. I mean, you know, just to, uh, if I may, I just mm-hmm. want to just make some, some, some very, very important points. Yes. You know, we as a people have to understand that anything the media attacks is usually good for us. Mm. Um point. Moorish Americans are not black sovereign citizens. The reason being is Moorish Americans, it's against their religious law to be black. Now stop. The reason is there is no such nation as black. Black is a term in law known as civil eater mortus, dead in the eyes of the law. Mm. And now in Latin, they use the word either necro or negro. 
mm-hmm. they're interchanged. So now you get the mm. word necromancy. Oh, my. Mm-hmm. Necromancing means what? To worship the dead. The dead. Mm-hmm. A necrophiliac means one who has sexual relations with the dead. Mm. So you see how we hear that, that common term, necro slash negro? Yeah. Oh, my. So it means in science, in law, dead. Well, this mm-hmm. is why James Brown's 45 uh, uh, record was so popular. It was training. Mm. Say it mm. loud. I'm black and I'm proud. And that denationalized the whole people. Mm. Think mm. about it. Yeah. Noble Drew Ali mm-hmm. came to us in 1913. <clears throat> Yet we know about Marcus Garvey. We mm-hmm. know about Elijah Muhammad. We know about um, uh, uh, Daddy Grace, Father Divine. Mm-hmm. We know about all of these figures, but we know nothing about Noble Drew Ali. Mm-hmm. And he was a contemporary mm-hmm. in, the, in the teacher mm-hmm. of a lot of these people who we know to this very day, or at least yeah. responsible for the foundation. So there lies the conspiracy. Mm. Why is it that we even have audio tape of Marcus Garvey? Yeah. And they were walking at the same time, but no one knows what Noble Draw even sounds like. That's more looks like. Mm. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So your identity as a Moorish American or Aboriginal and Indigenous, mm-hmm. because the two terms are synonymous. Yes. We talked about America earlier. Indigenous. American meaning mm-hmm. Capitone inhabitants, which mm-hmm. describes us. And indigenous means that you've been there so long that mm-hmm. you've become an integral part of that society. You have amalgamated into that society. So when we say we're descendants of Moroccans, we're not talking about modern-day Morocco from northwest mm-hmm. Africa. That's a kingdom, which is a, deriva- a derivative of a empire. Mm-hmm. So now let me ask you a question, and I close. Mm-hmm. What's the name for New York City? What is it called besides the Big Apple? The city that never sleeps. <laughs> I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. <laughs> when you go to New York, when you enter, you see the sign saying the Empire State. Oh, that's right. Yes. Oh Correct? My God. That's right. Why? Because New York City is the seat of the empire of Morocco. Just as one time the continent was called Africa. Mm. So, yes, they got you from Africa, but not from the other side of the Atlantic. Mm. They transferred you with a pen and a paper. Oh, my. See what I mean? So there's a lot of real-world history mm. that's not being taught in our schools. And that's one last note we have to make the conscious decision mm-hmm. to teach our own children. The public school system is not compulsory. The public mm-hmm. school system is a training ground for workforce for the women and prison for the young boys. Mm-hmm. Point blank. Mm-hmm. See? So it's training to be a worker in their society. I'm talking public schools now because you notice most religious 
uh, uh, organizations, they, they have the schools attached to their church. Mm-hmm. And they've taken their children out of the school system. That's true. We are still victims to teachers who are not from our culture, cannot mm-hmm. identify with our ethnicity or our background, still have prejudices and phobias about who we are. Dr. Mm-hmm. Francis Quest Wilson pointed that out. Mm-hmm. You know, oh, God, a 10-year-old, oh, he, he might rape me, a 10 years old. Mm-hmm. Really? Mm-hmm. That's fear. That's that fear of so-called white annihilation. Mm-hmm. And it's still prevalent to this very day in 2015. Mm-hmm. We have to understand that we have to take responsibility for our children. Everyone else is. You have people in Chinatown that they have no reason to speak English. You have some children in Chinatown that don't have access to other cultures until they go to college. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's the truth. You see what I mean? Yeah. We have to yes. stop playing and making excuses mm. and start to teach our own, um, govern our own, and see, that's what Noble Draw Lee brought. This is why they come at us so bad. Because what he did, he did two things. He established a theocracy. A theocracy is a government whose laws derive from your God in an earthly representation in a council. Then he added on a religious corporation which allowed corporations to interact with other corporations, meaning corporate Washington, D.C., and any corporation of the world. So that made him a very, very powerful gentleman. Mm-hmm. One year after he made that move, he was killed. That's how powerful a move that was. In the same year, the Vatican was established. Go figure. Respectfully. Mm-hmm. And we all know what the Vatican is capable of. Yeah. So just imagine... If this figure, Noble Drew Ali, was able to enlighten the people, misnomer black Negro color, mm. and enlighten them to their identity as descendants of Moroccans and born in America, we wouldn't have our young men shot in the street. Because for the most part, we would not even be a part of that reality. Like every other nationality who comes to this country. Look at the Sikhs, the Hindu, the Muslim Mm -hmm. community, the Hasidic Jewish community, the Amish, the Mormons. Mm -hmm. Polygamy is against the law in the United States, correct? Yes. Then how they got five wives and 15 kids? (laughs) Because their religious law um, um, protects them. Protects them. And no other outside law reflects mm. that. Mm. They don't want us to grasp that concept. So anytime they bat now, don't get me wrong, you have African Americans who understand the power of this jurisdiction. And me myself, I'm a national minister for the Moorish Holy Temple of Science of the world and Free and Sundry Moorish Science Temple of America. Free and Sundry, because the Free and Sundry Moors Act of seventeen ninety stated, and this was um, some um, some um, gentlemen and their wives were at war with another African nation, and they were captured. 
and it was supposed to be sent to the embassy in England. Instead, they were lied to and told that if they do some servitude for a few years, they would be let go. They were taken to Edgefield, South Carolina, where they were enslaved for 15 years until they bought their freedom. So they weren't slaves. They were indentured servants. They got paid. So they bought the freedom for them and their wives. And then they petitioned the state, the, uh, represent, the, the House of Representatives, that if they commit a crime amendable, they be tried as free white people and not as Negroes under the Negro Act of the laws of state at that time for slaves, for Negroes and other slaves. Remember, we talked earlier, there were European slaves as well. Now, the term free white people hmm. means, it says laps, fins, guinyards, all European nations that have your blood in them, sis, they have Moorish blood. Iberians, North Africans, it says it does not include the Caucasian race, mm. Aryan race, or Indo-European race. So that means we're calling the wrong people white people. <laughs> okay. See what I mean? So, I mean, this is law. Mm. Mm-hmm. This is not a rendition. You can look in Black's Law's Dictionary, 4th edition, and look up free white person, and it will give the reference. Mm. So this is common knowledge to those who know to look for the knowledge. In any time, mother, queen, empress, you need me to come and share light, mm-hmm. I have no problem. It would be my honor. Oh, it be my honor to share this information you. with the world. Yes, ma'am. Wonderful. Are Are you accessible on Facebook where I can yes, ma'am. Uh, request you? Okay. Yes, Jelani Bay. Jelani. J-E-L-A-N-I space B-E-Y. But we need schools for our black boys taught by black men. Mm-hmm. We need that. Every time we tried to do it, the media sent mothers against us. Well, if you got black boys school, we need a black girl school. How come we can't have black boys and black girls in the same what's today? Mm. Well, because as single mothers, because remember, for men, blowing your nose is against the law. How many of our men have been accosted for just walking down the street? We are identified as the open enemy. Mm. So it's not because the men are negligent. It's because the men is because the men are under attack. Let's be real. When you can't even come home after a long day's work without some person harassing you, pulling you over just because they want to make a quota or they just see a young man in a nice car. Mm-hmm. Now, he doesn't come home. He doesn't go to work. Now, he is no longer provider for you. When he comes home, he's struggling. The family's struggling. Mm-hmm. You argue. You fight. He leaves. Now that young girl has no example for what manhood is, and that young boy has no example for what a man really is because that's why it was so important for man and woman to be in the house to teach the, to give the daughter example of what kind of man she should be looking forward to as a husband and to give an example for manhood for the son. Mm. They understood that, and they broke it up. They committed. We are victims of genocide. Mm. 
So someone has to rebuild our men and re-educate our sisters mm-hmm. because we, we, we're in this quagmire where you have a lot of sisters who are openly combative toward their, their sons. That's I don't care what the relationship, I'm your son. Mm. I can't make I can't make life. Mm-hmm. The whole rib thing, I mean, I, I challenge any man to snatch their rib out and make a baby. Let's stop playing. Mm. From mother comes both male and female. We as males in our third trimester, we're females. Let's stop playing and understand it until mother is thoroughly educated our nation will always be handicapped. And with that, I yield the floor, Mother, unless there's any questions or any other requests. Thank you very much. I appreciate you. Mm, thank you. Thank you. I, I I tell you, I can't say thank you enough. It's It's been my pleasure, and I'm sure all of the listeners feel the same. You've done us great honors tonight, and may the same honor be bestowed upon you and I will definitely be communicating with you. I just sent you a friend request. Uh, we will definitely be scheduling for you to come on the panel, the Exceptional Scribble Show. Um, your message needs to be heard. Yes, and that's what this you. platform is for. It's a message of truth. We need the truth. Thank you so much. No problem. Thank you. Excellent. Thanks. Wow. I tell you, this has been an awesome show tonight. We're wrapping Tonight's show up, I'm going to go back to uh, o, uh, Queen O'Neill, Poetess of Praise. Do you have any final remarks before uh, we wrap the show? I'm going to make sure everyone gives final remarks, and then I'll give the update for next week's show. woo Oh, happy day. This is why <laughs> yes. I always stop by your show. I said, you know, a lot of the others, if it's near the end, oh, well, you just archive it. But hmm the spirit led me. <laughs> mm. Oh <laughs> my! Tonight, and I'm so glad I did because I'm always blessed by what I hear, even if I can't come on in the very beginning. Wow! Yes. And please post if he allows. Please post his info on your wall so I can connect and learn more. He was so on the money about. You know, I'm going to inbox in. message you. Yes, because um, yes, I definitely don't want just any and everybody. You know, we got yes. some weirdos out there on social media. Yes. <laughs> But I'm going to inbox message you for sure. Um, as, yes, indeed, Queen. I'm yes, on that indeed. journey to removing my children from this ridiculous public school system. And, mm-hmm. oh, my good goodness, he is a wealth of knowledge. And <laughs> yes. I'm bringing it in a palatable way. Like you said, it's mm-hmm. a lot of times we don't need mm-hmm. to choke right. with information. We need it to be sweet like honey so it will be easy to get down. So. Yes, indeed. I tell you, we we were privileged. We were definitely privileged tonight. See, we never know. You know, from week to week, it's just like, you know, when the heavens open and the rain comes down, you know that rain is what you need. And it's like, oh, good, now our crops are going to grow. Well, that's how we feeling right now. (laughs) Yes, and I'd be amiss not to holler at my brother. Hey, Brother Ken, much love. Bless <laughs> well, the mic is now in your hand, Brother Ken, and thanks again, Queen. Yes, thank Poetess you. Praise. It's always an honor to have you come through. You always come through with the right message. Yes. 
and you are truly a divine messenger. Continue to spread that love with your pen and uh, continue to do what you do, which is definitely very effective. Thank you. Very effective. Thank you. Much love, peace, and blessings to you all. Same to you. Thank you. Peace and blessings. Brother Ken, the mic is now in your hands. All I have to say is what was given tonight was much needed for all of us here that are listening to the show. And I want to thank everybody who tuned in, and especially to my sister, Sister O'Neill. Much love to you also. And and all I got to say here, I'm going to end this here. You always constantly challenges me, Francie, no <laughs> matter what. That your voice stays in my head. It's like I have to keep that pen going. I have to keep something flowing. And it's like whenever I see something that's inspiring to me, I'm gonna put it down on 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 wherever I go and most definitely I'm gonna share it here on the show. Whatever chance I get, I'm gonna share it. Because I wanna let folks know, hey, I get what you're saying, I'm feeling what you're saying. Let's keep the thing going. Let's keep educating our people. Let's get them back on track. Get us up to par on whatever y'all go right now. We're slacking, and we gotta be we gotta be up on point on what we do and continue to help our people. No, and no matter what, we gotta we gotta keep helping ourselves to get ourselves together. Cause you know they kind of got us in the back burner, and but we gotta step it up a notch and be up front. Excellent. Awesome. I tell you, it it um yes, we I guess I'm on I'm on I'm on a high right now because of <laughs> all the knowledge and the wisdom and I tell you just the truth will do you. It'll set you free. It'll take you to that next dimension, the next level. Um we are definitely better. We were made better from tonight's show. Oh, yes. Um, I tell you, the brother, he really did us justice. And all of the martial artists who called in, they were all on the same accord. They blessed us real good. They healed our souls. You know, we go through so much with um, within society, you know, been a people who have been oppressed for so long. Um, it's good to be lifted. It, it feels good to be lifted. And to know you're among friends and to know you're among family where you're um, not in danger. You know, you can kind of just relax and chill for a minute, but um, you're getting something that you know is life-sustaining. That's that's what's up. That's what we need more of. So I'm hoping that all the listening audience, they they got what, they could get tonight. I hope that you got everything that you get tonight. <laughs> Wrote things down so you can reflect and refer later. Um, it's so very important. And um, we're going to get better. We're going to continue to get better because this platform, we're going to make certain that we have people on from week to week that don't mind telling the truth and sharing, giving the community what the community needs. We need an increase of good knowledge within our community, life-sustaining truth, what's going to help us, what's going to make us better. That's what we need. 
So I hope, everyone, that you got what you need tonight. I know I did. Oh, yeah. And as soon as the archive is available, I'm going to share it with everybody, those that couldn't be with us tonight that had other obligations. They, I got so many inbox messages, people want to hear it. Those that could listen that couldn't continue to listen for the duration, oh, they, they want to hear the full show. So thank you to everyone that contributed, um, from those that contributed little to those that contributed much. Everyone's contribution mattered. It did matter, and and we're all made better because of it. We all have that piece. Like you say, we all know in part, everybody has a piece of the pie. When we all come together, we we have the whole pie. (laughs) Everybody eats, everybody's happy. So that's what's up. So, ladies and gentlemen, we're going to close out for tonight. But before we close out, I do want to share with you on next Tuesday night, 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on the Exceptional Scribble Show. We are privileged to have with us Mr. Brother, Warrior, Teacher, Friend, and Nephew. Yes, yes, uh, my husband's nephew, uh, Stephen Rodriguez. He is one of the executives of the No Note Show. Yes, the No Note Show will be back. Yes, indeed. They're going to be back with us on next Tuesday. And the topic is working from home to build a commercial enterprise. And the focus word is enterprise. So for everyone that wants to start their own business and start it first within their home, You don't want to miss next week's show because the no-note show, they are so thorough and so very informative. They're going to give you the plan, the action plan, the plan to follow so that you can get it done and do it right. And see, it's all about getting it done and doing it right. When you get it done and do it right, you have no regrets. So let's tune in next week. I know I'm going to have my pen and my pad. As always, that's what us scribes do. But we also want the readers out there to know you're going to receive some knowledge um, concerning some suggested readings. Oh, yes, some good literature that will assist you on your journey. Because reading helps. Oh, yes, reading is fundamental. Reading really helps. We got to read it. We can't just write it. We got to read what we need as well. And then we'll get to our destination and we'll reach it on time. So, ladies and gentlemen, one more time, we want to give a shout out to all of the women. Yes, the heroines, the sheroes out there. We want them to know their contributions will never be forgotten. I'm going to play a song as we wrap up tonight's show, episode 49. And please join us next week on the Exceptional Scribble Show, episode 50. Yes, 50 is a marker. Not just a time marker. It is a significant 
number. We're going to talk about that next week, but join us and see what we're going to do about 50 because we're going to have a celebration for our 50th episode next week. You don't want to miss it. Join us then. Now we're going to hear Superwoman by Alicia Keys.
Big shout out to all our super women out there just wanting you to know we love you. You have our vote every day, and we have your back. Peace and love. Celebrating National Women's Herstory Month. Blessings to all. Have a good night, and thank you to everyone that tuned in to the Exceptional Scribble Show episode 49. Join us next week for episode 50. It will be epic. Don't miss it. Peace and love. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.